The following podcast features views and opinions that are not representative of the collective views of the Whispers groups. Some of these views may not be suitable for children. Accordingly, the producers and hosts of the Missy AE podcast must insist that no one attempt to take anything that is being said as representative of the views of any of the Whispers groups. Welcome back to another edition of the Missy AE show. Tonight we are doing Survivor Memories. We are going back to one of the most controversial twists ever in the history of the game, um, the Outback Twist in Pearl Islands. We're going to get a lot of, lot of talk in about that. We're going to talk about some of the big characters that came out of, uh, of this, what would be considered old school or original gangster uh, cast. Um, it was it was a great season. I mean, it was weird how they started off. You know, they start off in town, you know, rummaging through stuff, and Rupert immediately be, becomes one of the stars by stealing the shoes from the other tribe and stuff like that. And uh, Sandra uses her Spanish skills to her advantage. But a lot of great characters came from this season that we would see down the road um, more than once, again. It was a pirate theme um, of Morgan and Drake, um, and uh, it, it should be a lot of fun to talk about. I think I see uh, Steve. Um, I see uh, Melissa. I think, is that you, Evan? Yeah. I think, yeah, we got Evan. We've got uh, we've got some guests going to be calling in. Um I texted Kansas, but I didn't hear anything back, so I don't know if she noticed notice the uh, the promos or not. So, um, how's everybody doing? Good. Doing. I'm do, doing good, especially uh, all, all rested up uh, after last night's podcast that we had with Hung and Chi, which for those who may who may have missed it, you can catch it on the archives right now on blogtalkradio.com slash missyae or on iTunes by searching missyae. Right. Um, it was a great podcast. I, it was a lot of fun. We found out a lot of information. Um, and I know all of you guys know, um, for the listeners um, the, who are, who are going to listen to this a little later, um, we don't have the date down yet. It's probably going to be another Wednesday night thing, but um, we're going to do another TAR podcast with uh, Kaylin and Haley. So that should be a lot of fun, too. Another one of the the more popular teams that they they just couldn't get rid of. <laughs> no matter how bad they get lost, you, you couldn't take them out. So um, that should be a fun night. But this uh, Pearl Islands, I mean... Um, Always been one of my favorite seasons. What about you, Evan? Did did you enjoy this season? Yeah, I, I really enjoyed this season. It was a really great season. I I really hated the Outcast twist, but you know, I'm yeah, sure I I'm not the only one that hated it. Well, I was going to say I don't think you hated it any more than um, <laughs> the guest going to be calling in tonight. Um, oh yeah, he really hate, he really hated it. 
So, uh, <laughs> Melissa, if, Melissa, if you had a chance to watch this whole season? Well, I, you know, I watched it through. Um, I watched it through some time ago, but it's been a while. And I started watching it again a couple of days ago. But, you know, I didn't finish it. I got sidetracked okay. today. And so I didn't get it finished, but that's okay. All right. I mean, you've seen it before, though. Um, how did you yeah. like it as a season, and what did you think about that twist? Um, the Outcast? Yeah. I, I didn't like it. Mm-mm. It seems to me that uh, I, I don't think many fans didn't like that Lillian came back. I don't. I don't think many fans liked that twist either, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, Steve, what did you think about it as an overall season? Um, the characters we had, and uh, and that outback twist. Outback I, twist. I think the 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 season as a whole was great i th- and and it's it, it's been hailed by by many for years as being one of the one of the best survivor seasons of all time but i really do think that the bullshit outcast twist really really uh put the se- marked the season down in a lot of fans eyes because of the fact that it completely screwed with the game you know you, 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 you for 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 survivor you're uh, at that time you know once you're gone you're gone there's no chance of coming back whatsoever and when you take a look at some, at some of the uh you know some of the characters this season uh in particular the uh the cast member that we're going to have call in tonight got completely screwed by the twist where if if this hadn't come, hadn't come about I think we probably would have seen him for quite a bit of time considering the 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 numbers that both tribes were at heading into the merge right um and I mean he he, he voiced his opinion uh he let it be known he did not like it um he thought Lillian should go right back out, um, and that's probably how a lot of current day players we say they would probably felt that way. But um, you know, when when they use uh, a redemption island or, or or something like that, and they send players out there and they let them get back in, and then. One of them ends up winning the damn game. You just don't, you don't ever know what players are going to do. You don't know what they're going to do. I mean, Lillian gets back in, and I mean it's debatable, but she basically didn't really do a whole lot. Um, she got one vote, you know, from Tijuana at the uh, finale. Um, but, uh, and, and it's Sandra's first win, and did she really do a whole, I mean, she told everybody she didn't ride any coattails, 
but didn't she kind of ride Rupert's? Yeah, you know, the only thing that Lillian did the whole season was win individual immunity twice and backstab uh, and backstab uh, a certain player. Other than that, not really, not really that much more. Uh, she didn't really do much more. Yeah, um, and that that Boy Scout uniform. I mean, um, you can't. You can't blame her for that because they tell you what what they want you to wear. So yeah, um, she was just following what she was told, but it didn't do her any any uh, favors by having that Boy Scout uni- uniform on all season. Yeah, it, it, that that's one thing that that really surprised me as well is the fact that, like I mentioned, I mentioned it last night when we were sort of previewing this. Uh, as the as last night's podcast was ending, the fact that you know if you're wearing a boy scout or a girl scout or whatever whatever kind of scout uniform, scouts are supposed to represent honor and you know loyalty, and we got the complete opposite out of her that entire season, and you know i i kind i kind I'm kind of thinking that. Rewatching, rewatching the show again, and you know, ju- just just watching some of her mannerisms, I had a feeling that she, you know, she she was she had no plans whatsoever on being on being loyal to the group. Like once she came in, once she came back in, it was pretty much game over for the entire uh, the entire Morgan tribe. Right, right. Um, we have we have added uh, JB is uh, is on here now, and I believe we have our special guests are here now. Um, Andrew and Stephanie, is that you guys out there? Yeah, Savage is here and Steph is here. Hi, it's good to be here. Hey, how, how are y'all doing? How's everyone on your end of the line? Um, pretty good, pretty good. I'm I'm fighting a, a sinus thing, but I'm I'm hanging in there. I'm gonna make it through. Um, I, I think the most important question to start off with both of you is: Do you guys have a bracket contest uh, between yourselves and the girls? A what contest? A NCAA bracket. Oh, oh no, we don't. That's a good question. Actually, I, I'll tell you. Um, you're talking about volleyball, right? Oh, NCAA basketball. Oh, okay. Uh, we're, my, uh, we're, my, next, my, my next question was going to be: When was the last? When was the last time you guys went to one of the, to the volleyball game? Uh, uh, it's it's been a while. We miss it. We miss watching our girls play. Um, but we have a we have a sand volleyball court here at the house, and uh, oh. the funny thing is when when you first said about the the competition or the bracket, it made it just uh, made me think of the volleyball because Savage is a great volleyball player and the girls are great too. But when it's the right. four of us, everyone fights about who has to put up with mom playing with them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like the last pick. 
<laughs> oh gosh, um, Andrew. I hope you're smart enough not to try to shove her away, and and you're the gentleman and say, "Oh, come on, you play with me." Oh, of course. And then we beat our daughters, or actually, we've never beaten them, but we try. We try hard. <laughs> if uh, if you guys uh, don't know, they have uh, they have two lovely daughters and very very athletic. The whole family is is pretty athletic. And I, I could imagine some of those uh, uh, backyard volleyball games could get pretty competitive. Oh, yeah. And my wife is a USTA tennis player, so she can hold her own. Yeah. Oh, I can play tennis, but I, I can play tennis, but I bet you could beat me. I know you can beat me at volleyball. Um, I'm just – I'm the guy that hits it like, you know – 50 feet over and then start running like I hit a home run or something, you know. But uh, <laughs> we we were talking we were talking before you guys got on here um, about what uh, I mean, what, such a great cast of characters came from this season, and it's been so long ago. Um, it's I mean you would consider um, considered probably to be old school. Um, and Andrew, I don't know if, what that makes you. Or, uh, old school, old. new school? I don't know. I mean, what do you consider yourself? Are you more of an old school player or a new school player? No, I'm 100% old school player, and and I wear that as a badge of honor. And uh, I have it's so weird because I the way that I'm wired, I have difficulty when I form a strong relationship or bond. I have difficulty lying, which is stupid because Survivor is all about deceit and lying. And but, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm definitely old school for sure. Yeah, we uh, we also were talking, um, um, I, I spoke with everyone that's on here about that, that outcast uh, twist because it's one of the most unpopular twists ever. And one of our callers was saying how, well, they all said they didn't like it. And then one of them was like, uh, I think there's going to be somebody else on here tonight that that uh, disliked it even more than us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hundred years accurate, right on that. I it mean, brings up bad memories. Oh yeah, I mean, and you were, I mean, you were right at the point to where you were a mover too from being in it at the end. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. In fact. Uh, Afterwards, you know, I was good friends with a bunch of the Morgans and Burton and Rupert and we, you know, the Drake tribe. And we were talking, I was talking in particular with Sean Cohen and Burton Roberts. And it was so funny, funny and not a hysterical way, but an interesting way is that a simple pull of a buff. So Lil and Burton get back in the game, but they have to pull a buff out of a hat or a container. And Lil pulls a Morgan buff. Burton pulls a Drake buff, and Burton told me, all honesty, he said, look, Savage, if I pulled a Morgan buff, would have happily come to the Morgans, and uh, and we would have absolutely dominated. And 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 Burton talking to me says we would have had a tight alliance, and we would have been final three. And so that's how wow. funny it, the, the twist and the turns of Survivor. And that, that's the beauty of Survivor. That's what we love about it, right? It's so unexpected. Yeah. But that's the tiny little thing. Could have totally changed. 
Yeah, and this, I mean, this was, uh, this, I mean, we go back uh, 18 years. I mean, this was filmed back in June of 2003, um, you know, that September. Um, were, were, you, were you a fan of the show, Stephanie? Were you a fan of the show? How did you get involved with wanting to, to be cast, or were you recruited? How did that all work? So, actually, I was the one who wanted to go on first. Um, the very first season of Survivor, I was home with um, Mackenzie, our little one, and Savage at the time was the attorney for the Jerry Springer show. And on Survivor night, he was actually filming. So he would come home, and I'd tell him about, oh, my gosh, there's the show. And at that point, I don't even think we had a VCR or anything. So he never saw any of the first season back then. Um, and I said, there's the show, and I'm going to send in my application. I'm going on this show. And I contacted him, well, reached out and tried to see if I could, you know, whatever I had to do to apply. And unfortunately, at the time, I wasn't a U.S. citizen yet. And oh. so, yes. And you have to be a yeah. U.S. citizen to go on the show. Right. And I right. So I was extremely disappointed. And then the second season, he watched it with me, and he said, oh, well, then I'm going on. <laughs> and, uh, and I think the season three was the first one he applied to. Yeah, I thought, see, out back, I thought Colby was kind of cool. It seemed like a great adventure. And uh, so I identified yeah. Steph actually said she was so selfless. But Savage, you have to do this, and I'm going to live vicariously through you. And, of course, the the odds of getting on the show were a million to one, so I never thought that I would be selected ultimately. But, so, yeah, it worked out. Yeah. I did tell um, him to make it my visit, but that didn't happen. Love one visit. <laughs> so um, that, that, that raises another question. With Stephanie's interest in the show, um, when all of this stuff started coming up about blood versus water, um, did you guys consider that? Oh, here you want to hear a really fun story? Yeah, of course. So we were contacted for the first Blood versus Water, and so uh, Steph and I sent in a little silly audition tape. It was actually filmed on our sand court in our front yard here, and they loved it. The producers loved it. Probes loved it. Lynn Spillman, the casting producer, loved it. And Lynn called me and Steph and said, mm-hmm. it's between us and Rupert and his wife. Laura. Oh, no. And I oh. swear, I swear this is a true story. And they said, we can only take one of you. And Lynn said, we're rooting for you, Savage, and Steph. We think you'd be brilliant. And ultimately, I think Mark Burnett chose Rupert and his wife. And remember how that worked out, right? The first two hours. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, the difference. Wow. Difference. I, I mean, I have never, you know, I hear a whole lot, you know, from survivors and, 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 other sources. I've never heard that story, and I didn't. Even, I mean, I didn't even consider it until Stephanie. You said you were you were the actual uh, initial fan, you know, that was watching season one when Richard Hatch was running around naked. So, um, yeah. man, that that's that golly, that sucks. That sucks. Yeah. I bet you. And I bet I, you guys would have been good on there together too. Steph, well, Steph would have killed it for sure. Well, I think one of the things I would have done differently and uh, is that when you saw, I think Laura is the one who lost that first challenge and then Rupert took her place and left, you know. And and honestly, I would never have allowed Savage to do that for me, you know. Yeah. Um, 
And, and I'm sure that Survivor, the show, was probably disappointed because they really didn't want to see Laura. They wanted to see Rupert. <laughs> uh, right. Wow. Good gracious. Well, let's, let's go back to this this first time, all right, um, when Savage gets he gets the call, um, you're in. Um, how much how much did your life change, Stephanie, knowing my husband and the father of, of our girls is fixing to leave for thirty nine well thirty nine plus days because you have to go through the prep and stuff. But I mean, what was that a big change at home? We had never spent a night apart until he wow. left for Survivor. Um, so it was it was dramatic, and I really. In hindsight, I did not know at the time how bad it was going to be. Um, and back then, you know, being season seven, they warned us uh, we had to sign that if, if we talked to anyone about it, if anything leaked, we were on the hook for $5 million, which we absolutely right. did not have. Um, so I told no one. And I had a five-year-old and a two-and-a-half-year-old, and he left. And it really hit home after about a week because it's different when someone goes away. Maybe they can give you a phone call or you know what they're doing. But I had no idea where he was, what he was doing, um, absolutely no communication. And I'm with my two young girls, and the neighbors are starting to question things. And, you know, he's, you know, and by Three, everyone's looking at me like, oh, poor woman, poor woman, he's left her. <laughs> um, and actually what, what happened, too, is that every summer we go on a, a family um, camping vacation with, with Savage's family in upstate New York in the Adirondacks. And so he told them before he left, he said, oh, you know, something's come up. I'm not going to be able to make the family trip. Uh, he had a business. So I went. And absolutely adore his family, but not all of them can keep a secret very well. So <laughs> we couldn't tell them. We couldn't tell everyone where he was. And I'm at the family camp, and they're starting to now talk because they don't understand why he's not even calling me and the girls. And we're there for 10 days, and it's and, and when he actually came back from Survivors, went back to the office, he had all these calls from his family on his work phone saying, what are you doing? Um, what are you doing to your family? You know, <laughs> they were being very nice to me and protective, but on the backside they thought that there's no way he's on a business trip. He's doing something, you know, something not Yeah, good. now, what, Angie, what about you? Were you uh, – I, I know they, they allow it now. I don't know – how it was back then. Were you able to tell anybody at the firm or, or, or any clients, were you able to tell anybody why yeah, you were so going to be gone? You can tell anybody wow. leaving on Survivor as long as they sign the NDA, which is a liquidated damage clause of $5 million. So if you right. sign the NDA, tell a material secret about the show, you owe them $5 million. So what I, I did is I, I was a a partner in a big firm in Chicago. So I had the managing partner, Bob Shupton, and the uh, department head in, in technology practice group, Craig Folkler, signed the NDA. They were happy to do it. not going to tell anyone. So that gave right. – I had asked them permission to leave for 50 days. So that, that worked out. 
really well, and they were they were great about it. Except I will tell you, for the first episode when I got naked, they didn't appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> what you what you think about that, Stephanie? <laughs> did, he, did he warn you? Did he warn you when he got home? Uh, you may want to skip this first episode. Well, he actually said to me that when he got off the plane, he said, uh, there's two things I need to tell you. And uh, he looked very serious, and he said, the first is I didn't win. And I said, okay, I kind of figured that one. But um, he said, the second is I got naked. And then he says, on the first episode. And uh, and when he described it, the the funny thing was he said coming out with the cannon you know pulling the cannon and they coming out on the beach and they round the corner and he sees 300 photographers all lined up the media (laughs) was there and he was uh yeah and then actually we were on a morning show in chicago um because it was on the tv guide i don't know if you saw that but um yeah the TV guide for that month was a picture of him pulling the cannon with an X. And uh, on the uh, Chicago's morning show and the host, um, Anthony Morrow, asked me, he said, so, Stephanie, how, how did you feel about, you know, the whole situation and, and this magazine? And, and uh, my response was, that actually portrayed it as a big X, you know. So kind of like that one. <laughs> Yeah, um, back back in the day, um, TV guy covered it pretty extensively. Um, David Letterman used to have uh, some players on the show after they would be voted out. You know, um, yes. I think I think they stopped that because Letterman Letterman got to where he didn't like it. All he basically did was make fun of you know the players. So yeah, uh, I was uh, I was on Letterman. It was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I have to tell you, he was on Letterman during the whole Bill Clinton impeachment with the uh, Monica Lewinsky. So Letterman, knowing he was an attorney, um, was asking him all questions about the you know, Clinton. So cool. You know, letter. I don't. You probably didn't see it, but Letterman asked me, uh, "Was anybody messing around on the island?" and Truth be told, there were a couple of folks who were messing around. And he looked at me and he pointed and said, were people having sex? And I looked at Letterman and I said, because that was right after Bill Clinton said, oh, I did not. Perfect line. That perfect line. <laughs> yeah, that's, that was a perfect line. <laughs> um, where was the, uh, the, uh, the pre-jury trip that year? Uh, so we just went to the mountains of Panama. We went whitewater rafting in Costa Rica. Cherokee River. And then we traveled throughout the mountains of Panama, stayed in all these really eco-friendly resorts. It was uh, absolutely amazing. And uh, we just yeah. got drunk all day, ate as much as we could. Now, was, was Jody around back then? Was she one of the handlers back then? Who, who was that? Jody. Um I don't, I don't know that you know. She, she's been a casting agent. She was only Amazing Race. And then she became a casting agent and what they kind of call a handler. Like when you take the, the pre-jury trip, they go with you um, almost like they're a producer or something. And and they handle everything. So I guess that was before Jody's time. 
because yeah, uh, our, our handler was named Sebastian. We called him Bass, and uh, he was hilarious oh. and a great guy. Let, let me ask you this: when you when when you're when you're running out there and you're you're just getting started, I mean, I mean, that, nobody's even gone home yet, and you're out there naked, and you see all these cameras. Um, <laughs> Did you have to pay? Did you have to pay money off to 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 not turn in any of your pictures? <laughs> <laughs> well, they, so they, uh, you know, the, the editor, the survivor were very clever, and the mosaic was perfect. And what here's what stunned me, to be completely honest, is that me, Rhino, and OT completely naked. None of that leaked. If you go on the internet to this day. Not a single naked picture, it's just, it's just which, which is stunning to me. I can't believe it didn't leak. Wow, that is that is. Um, and you just—I mean, you brought you brought up uh, Rhino. He wanted to join us tonight, but he's in the middle of remodeling his bathroom. So <laughs> that sounds like Rhino. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, you no, know, he lives lives uh, about six miles from us. That's too bad. Wow! Wow, that's close. Yeah. So, I can, so, I can, so, so does I he, hear him. he sort of invite does he sort of invite himself over for supper a lot? All the time. He's my brother. <laughs> He's a good guy. I've always liked him. He's a good guy. Hundred um, percent. What? Um, I mean, we we we've talked about a little bit about this uh, that horrible twist. Um, did you, when you left the game, when you left the game after what you had seen just transpire, in your mind, who did you think had the best, the best chance or the best odds at making it to the end? Wow, great question. So when I, when that little pissant Johnny Fairplay voted me out, <laughs> that was so angry. <laughs> Uh, I remember looking back, you probably don't remember, but I looked at and I said, uh, D, uh, uh, Rhino and T keep fighting. And I thought they were done. And uh, what you didn't see is before we got in the boat to go to tribal, Krista pulled me over with Rupert and said, Savage. Uh, and I had a good relationship with Rupert because we stole him. He was on our tribe for three days. And he, you know, he's a decent guy. And Krista pulled me over with Rupert there and said, as we know, you're an honorable man. You don't lie. How about the three of us final three? And I was like, hey, that works for me. That's cool. And uh, so I actually thought uh, Krista, and Rupert, Krista and Rupert would have final two chances. I didn't even – Sandra was so under the radar. I, she's a – you know, she is the queen of Survivor, and I love Sandra, a friend of mine. But I had just – she was so under radar. No one ever, ever thought that she would win – the dang thing. What I will tell you that I thought deeply in my soul that Fair Play's days were numbered. Couldn't stand him. He's a friend of mine now, but I couldn't stand even looking at the guy. And uh, yeah. I thought Rupert, Rupert and Krista had a real shot at it, and the rest of the Morgans, uh, their days were numbered. What I didn't realize is that it would just go Rhino next, and then Rupert next, and kind of made me happy because it just shows that that outcast twist was uh, not productive, it was useless because it got some very popular, not me, but it got, you know, Rhino out, he's very popular. Rupert, super popular, got him out. 
that type of thing. I think there's a reason they never did it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, when you're when you're watching when you got home, um, did you did you tell Stephanie wait till you see this crazy twist at what happened and why I left? And I did. Um, I did. So you you knew that was coming, Stephanie. I bet that was a. I bet that was a night that it wasn't very much fun to watch. No, uh, not at all. And, uh, you know, I mean, for me, loving the game, it just went against the whole premise of outwit, outlast, outplay, you know. Right. Uh, they had been eliminated from the game. They were sleeping in a bed, eating food, and then got exactly. to come back and compete. And, had, and they all had those purple bands on them, which are a lot easier to tie sticks with, you know, it, it, it just, it, it just seemed unfair, you know, in a, in a game that I thought was just so reputable and um, just a pleasure to a joy to watch. It just seemed unnecessary to throw something like that. And I think that's why they haven't done it again. So we, we live yeah, in, uh, um, go ahead, Andrew. So here's, here's a, a, a interesting, you had, it must have been difficult to watch that episode. We were living in California. I was actually no, – uh, we were in Chicago still, but I was actually in New York because um, I was on the Letterman show that night. So Steph and I, to this day, haven't seen that episode together yet. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, you know, I, do, you, do you think that was that was kind of the beginning of – when the show started thinking, um, hey, we can do Redemption Islands or we can, you know, we can send them out here, we can do that, and we can maybe give them second chances and it might keep some of who we want or would like to stick around, might give them a second chance to get back in. I mean, I think there was one season they had to vote Ozzy out almost three times before they get rid of <laughs> I do. I think that was the start of the producers thinking outside the box to do crazy twists and turns to keep the show what they consider fresh, and which I fundamentally disagree with. But I, I think that was the beginning of them uh, thinking outside the box, wanting to do something new, keep it fresh. And that they did, to Steph's earlier point, they realized that the outcast twist would not work again for so many reasons. But you can see uh, pieces of it that they incorporated into future shows. Right. And it, it works sometimes, sometimes it doesn't, you know, but I applaud yeah. the producer being creative and, and thinking, you know, look, Survivor's still a top 10 show on TV. That's amazing after 20 years. Right. 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 I agree. I mean, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of things they do. I don't like, I'm kind of a purist. You know, I go back, Stephanie, I watched that first season too. I think it premiered after the Super Bowl. Episode one came on after the Super Bowl, I believe, on season one. Um, and I was hooked. I watched the football game, then I watched the, the show, and I was, I've been hooked ever since. But there's some things that, that are done that, you know, that one, like, is the main one of all time that they should have never done. Um, but, I mean, when you, you know, we were talking earlier about what really and get back in and everyone saying, well, you know, she she don't have a, a prayer and you know where to to win. So, uh, but yet one season we see Chris Underwood 
leave and get to hang around out on an island until he gets back in, and he does end up winning. So, it, it, I mean, it comes right. down to it comes down to just people being different, don't it? Right. For me, I see those very differently. Um, again, because Chris was on an island on his own, um, had to find his own food, his shelter, you know. Well, and Chris and every whereas with Lil, you know, that was different, right? She left, was in a bed, had food, um, and no one knew that there's a potential of them coming back. So no one right. expected that. They were, they were blindsided by that outcast to get there, and suddenly there there is a challenge, which is not the same when you look at Redemption Island and all those. Yeah, it's very different with with the outcast twist in Pearl Island. So once you're voted out, you know, your torch is extinguished, you're out. So when Skinny Ryan was out, Lil was out, you know, I, we all were like, well, that's too bad, but, hey, we're we're closer to the million dollars. We're closer to day 49. Right. We did everything we could to survive. And every survivor is so difficult. Every day you survive, it's a massive, massive accomplishment. So when the outcast tribe got back in the game, Burton and Lil, and it was a total blindside, that fundamentally changes the fabric of the game, the entire premise of the game. And all those other seasons, the the contestants, the castaways, knew about Exile Island. That was a chance to get back. So right. they, could adjust, they could adjust their strategies. Had I known that Lil and Burton and Skinny Ryan had a chance to get back in the game, I, of course I would have treated Skinny Ryan differently. <laughs> but I thought, Maybe gonna, not falling into Skinny Ryan. I'm just going to get his ass out of the game to deal with him anymore. And so this, you know, so, and that there's a fundamental reason why they didn't do it. Uh, the outcast twist the same way they did it the first time because it didn't. Yeah, work I, think Stephanie, I think Stephanie nailed, I think Stephanie nailed one of the, 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 the more important things. These people were, were being fed. They were being housed. They were being fed. They were building their bodies back up. And, mm-hmm. I mean, you almost expected them to win the challenge when they came back because they were refreshed and ready to go. You know where they stayed? Have you heard? Where? So when uh, I was voted out, so when I was voted out, they didn't go to Ponderosa? No, they stayed in Ponderosa, but Ponderosa was a bunch of beach cabanas that SCG Survivor Entertainment Group actually built in conjunction with that hotel. So they're staying in a beach cabana on the beach with fresh running water and three squares right. a, a day. Yeah, that's what so, I thought. Yeah, I thought they went. I thought they went basically to to Ponderosa, where it's. Uh, I mean, you know, it's not. It's not a not a bad gig to be. Um, and we had. And, and we you had, guys, you guys had, are still out there. You guys are still out there losing hooks and and trying to catch fish and um, stealing rice from each other and stealing tarps from. I mean, there was so much swapping. This person's going here, that person's going there, and they're just sitting out there, just uh, kind of chill, sleeping good, eating good, and uh, yeah, I mean, if Vegas would have put odds on that challenge, they would have made them the favorites. Mm-hmm. Exactly. They didn't need to so, give them the, uh, the 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 bands, the purple bands, to tie the sticks with. 
That that I thought was overkill. Go go into that a little bit more, Stephanie, because I don't I don't remember that uh, very clearly. Why why were the purple bands uh, that but here's that much more so, advantage? Yeah, the whole challenge was uh, Valentine um, string to tie together the bamboo posts to make the stick yeah. to be able to gather the uh, the keys. Well, the key. If you look close, if you look closely, uh, the Outcast tribe took their they had uh, purple bandanas, actual um, bandana cloth, and they also had strips of that that they had tied around their the forearms and the arms and stuff for whatever reason decoration. They took those cloth strips and used those to tie the bamboo pieces together. And if you know, Balintwine is very slippery, and the yeah. cloth was, was sticky. And, you know, like, God, there's no sour grapes. I could care, honestly, I could care less. There's just another thing that, of course, if you want to maximize the drama and this narrative and that story about this great comeback of the Outcast Twist, if they get back into the uh, for that challenge, and they don't win, then the whole Outcast twist falls flat. It's actually right. stupid. Why did you do it? And they didn't win. They, they had no redemption. They had no revenge. Die jerks on Skinny Ryan's head. Stupid. They had to win. So that the yeah, odds of them um, winning were stacked uh, in their favor, which is fine. Yeah. I mean, and, I mean, as a, I mean, you know, it's a TV show. Um, you're wanting the ratings. And if, and I agree with you. If you're going to pull something like this and give these people a chance, if you're part of production, um, you may not be out there letting the players see it, but behind the scenes, you're like, they got, oh my God, they got to win, you know? Or this, like you said, it just falls flat. It was a, it was a nothing burger, you know? Right. Hundred percent. So, um, what about let's let's talk a little bit when, when you're down at four when when they were down at four and you still got D you still got Dara still in it um, and yeah. he starts winning these challenges if uh, you got fair play I don't think nobody's going to vote for him to win you got Lillian nobody's going to vote for her to win if you yep. get a, if you get Dara in there with Sandra could Dara have yeah. beaten her. That's a great question. I would say they may be making fire. Honestly, I think it's it's. And I, you know, I actually think Sandra was brilliant. Uh, played a, de- a decent game, but you know, back this is old school Survivor. Dara kicked butt in challenges, and back in old school Survivor, there's a real value attached to challenge performance. Sandra, if you remember, and I love you know I love Sandra. I'm not disparaging her. But if you remember back in the old school Survivor, if you're a, stand, a challenge beast, there's real value when you're final two. You look at Colby and so forth. Right. And Dara was a stud. And, and to this day, I would put Dara against fair play in a wrestling match, and Dara would kick his butt, guaranteed. He's a tough lady, a college. <laughs> he, he, is, he, he is a good team on them Southern Mississippi girls. You don't mess with her. No, you don't mess with her. She is fierce. So uh, I think that, that it's either an even vote or Dara takes it, honestly. And, again, think about that. That changes the entire trajectory of this incredible oh, franchise. It, it does. It changes the whole history. Then, then Sander does not have that first win. She, she 
doesn't get to go around calling herself the queen. Maybe she doesn't get invited back as many times. And instead, um, we've got Dara coming back and Parvati, and, and you're comparing the two of them instead of Sandra and Parvati. Exactly oh, definitely. Right. And, I, and I think knowing Dara, she could kick Parvati's butt. Yeah. Oh, Dara? Oh, okay. Uh, okay, going on that uh, question. <laughs> go ahead, Teresa. Let's say Dara won instead of Sandra. And San and Dara came back for heroes versus villains. Would she be would she be considered a hero or a villain? Hero. Hero. Definite hero. Dara yeah, definitely doesn't, hero. doesn't have a mean bone in the body, didn't tell a lie, doesn't have a great social game. But she would have been a hero for sure. But I mean you gotta look back at her game too, Andrew. I mean um, she wasn't all, you know, physical-wise, she wasn't that big when she got out there. But she lost a lot of weight while she was out there. And yeah. from what I was told, she got she got down so bad, they even offered her an IV because they were worried about her. Well, and let me tell you. From what, from what I, I was told, she, she turned it down because she didn't want to appear weak. Well, so... I was standing right next to her when that happened. So uh, that was the actual outcast twist. And what happened is we had um, some oysters earlier in the day, and I guess we didn't cook them sufficiently. So she got food poisoning. And if you look carefully at that episode, you'll see Dara in the, in the, in the jail cell that we had to crawl under and break out of. She's sitting in the corner, and she's literally gray because um, she almost flatlined. That's how serious um, her food poisoning was. And Mark yeah. Burnett was there. Too. Back in the day, Mark Burnett was on site. And Mark Burnett yeah. came up to me. And I don't know if you heard the story. Tell me if I'm repeating it. But Mark Burnett comes okay. up to us, and Dara is on the floor, on the ground, before the challenge started. And she was almost flatlined, absolutely pale. And uh, so the medics came over and gave her a quick IV to get her fluids up. And Mark Burnett said, get her up. She's delaying the challenge. So we had to get her up, start the challenge, and there couldn't do it. She could barely walk. Rhino and I had her arm in arm and got her over to the challenge. But it was very serious. But it also shows you how real Survivor is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, And, and back, to, back to what Stephanie was saying about um, Derek. Derek could uh, kick Parfit's butt and Dara, you know, it was so long ago, and she hasn't played again, so a lot of people forget how good she really was. I would say that Dara physically would kick poverty's butt, but from a social strategy standpoint, poverty would probably eat her lunch. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, Dara's not going to – Go ahead, Tim. I would liken Dara to Stephanie. Good Stephanie comparison. was another one of my favorites. Good comparison. I know Stephanie. Good comparison. Mm-hmm. That's a really good comparison. Uh, what, uh, which Stephanie? Both, both are, yeah, they're both studs, um, but uh, maybe lacking a little socially. Um, I mean, a, exactly. lot of, a lot of talk about Dara that season was she 
came off kind of shy. I know she did an interview recently with Dalton Ross where she said, you know, I'm I'm not quiet. I'm not shy. But uh Oh no. I, I think oh, that's no. A, I think that's a real good comparison. I think that's a real good comparison. Her and Stephanie. Yeah. And you know, Teresa um, about Stephanie LaGrosa. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. I think I think yeah. I think uh Stephanie LaGrosa's Achilles heel in uh heroes versus villains is that she had had bad luck on tribes. In Guatemala and uh uh, what was her first season? Uh, uh, okay. So it was like yeah. in both those seasons, it was like, I mean, her first season, her tribe was pretty much decimated to just her. Right. Yeah. Bobby Dallin, yeah. If I have to my favorite woman player who I would want to be like and play like, it would be her. Win or lose. Uh, I, I think she played with Stephanie's, Stephanie, Stephanie's a good friend of mine. We communicated a lot I met when she would play. Um, uh-huh. I, I would send her links. Um, it's funny because we brought, we brought up the Letterman thing, um, Savage. Uh, she was on a plane. Um, I think it was she was headed to do Letterman or something. And I was, uh, this is back when you were first starting to be able to do the social media stuff, the emails and all this other kind of stuff. I would send her all the links to uh, her exit interviews so she could read them on the plane. And, oh, I love um, that. Yeah, she, she's a sweetheart. She's got a beautiful family now, just like you guys. Um, um, I used to always tell her, God, can you somehow... Can, can can you get Kyle to sign with the Red Sox at least one time so I can have him on my team one time, <laughs> just one time? <laughs> but uh, super cool. But yeah, I mean, I, I I think Stephanie really nailed it. That's a great comparison. Steph, uh, Steph I mean, Lagrosa may have been maybe a little more physical, but I still think you got to take in consideration. How dare, how small Dara got when she was out there, and if right. you remember, there was, the there, was, there was one challenge she was in where it kind of benefited her because she had to reach inside of like a a, a tube to get a key. Yeah, I think that was when they were down to the lost final much weight. Yeah, she had lost so much weight; it was easy for her. Yeah. Yeah, Burton so, always says cheating. That was a cheating challenge because his hands were so much bigger. <laughs> I w- uh, uh, this is Andrew Savage on here, right? Right. That's right. And his wife, Stephanie. And his wife, Stephanie. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've kind of talked to you some a uh, couple times on Facebook. I always remember your birthday because you share my daughter's birthday. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and uh, I actually just watched Pearl Island for the first time just oh a few months ago. I didn't start watching Survivor until until uh, Heroes versus Villains, and it was because Boston Rob was on here, and it's like, okay, he's a big douche on Amazing Race. I want to see if he's as bad on Survivor. <laughs> And then I got hooked. 
And what did you think? Was he as bad on Survivor as he was on Amazing Race? He was okay on uh, – <laughs> uh, he was pretty decent on Heroes versus Villains, but I didn't like what he did to Matt on uh, Redemption Island. But then he kind of uh, – I kind of gained respect for him after watching uh, the, the uh, Winners at War. Yeah, well right. – um, you know, and we—I don't know, um, Savage Steph. I don't know if you guys uh, watched the Amazing Race at all. Yeah, but um, we did a lot. We had we had uh, one of the teams from this season, um, Hung and Chi. We had them on a podcast last night, and one of the biggest one of the biggest things that about this season on on Amazing Race was how certain teams made alliances with each other to help oh each other at challenges. And, uh, and, and we, and we, we all mentioned it last night. We said that goes back. Um, Boston Rob was doing that when he was on the amazing race. So that came from survivor. Yeah. And I'll tell you one thing about Boston Rob, I'm not a big fan, but he does make good television for sure. Oh Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, the two big yeah. the two biggest uh, things on Amazing Race that pissed me off was one when he accused uh, the one old guy of deliberately hurting his wife, and two when uh, he just basically drove by when the one team uh, had their car accident. That's just so mm-hmm. Boston that's, Rob. That's Boston that's Rob. Gotta love. <laughs> Savage, when you're out there and you're starting off with the with the Morgan and the Drakes, um how did how did you look at the two different tribes and assess your uh your chances as far as a tribe? Did you look at them and think, Oh, we're in trouble or did you look at them and think and look around who you had and think, oh, we, we're, we're going to do good. Yeah, so I got to applaud you. That is a brilliant question. And all these years, no one ever asked me that question, and that's how good that question is. I just So kudos to you for asking the question. Nice. So uh, my initial reaction um, was I think we're going to be okay. We got Austin, who is just a mountain man. He's a big muscle. He obviously has great physical strength. Rhino, cool guy. Skinny Ryan looks like he, he's a fish. He's got a long wingspan with huge hands, probably can swim like Michael Phelps. And uh, so I thought, I thought we were fine. And what I found out within an hour that uh, we were in serious trouble, and I say that because we're in a Spanish-speaking village. Nobody in my tribe speaks Spanish, and all I hear is Sandra her native language is Spanish and just working her magic. And I thought that we're in serious trouble. And let me tell you, 10 minutes into the start of the show, I learned as we need to swim a mile to get to shore. If you remember, we jumped off the Rembrandt, had to swim ashore. Right. I learned that OT and Tawana uh, learned how to swim a couple of weeks before the season. And I thought, I thought, Oh my goodness. Uh, Cause I was a lifeguard. I'm a strong swimmer. I thought, oh, my goodness, every challenge is going to be in the water. <laughs> and they just learned how to swim. 
we're going to be in trouble. And here's a true story. They didn't show this, but we're literally swimming to shore, and Tawana's doing the backstroke the opposite direction. Like she's trying to go to mainland Panama, and OT, OT turns around and says, Tawana, why, why are you going back to Panama? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, man. Yeah. I, yeah. You, you might be interested in hearing this um, because when when we talked to uh, Hung and Chi last night from from uh, Amazing Race, um, part of you know the questionnaire they had to fill out, um, it asked about swimming and how do, how do you rate yourself? Uh, can't swim, do okay, really good, you know. And Hung said she knew. She was really bad, but she didn't want to check that box. Um, so she went in the middle, and they made her send in a video of her swimming and diving underwater to prove um, that she could swim. Oh, my goodness. That's Can you imagine back in the day if Survivor made everybody do that? Gervis would have never got on. <laughs> it's exactly right. OT would have never got on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's funny when we were we were in Cambodia, Cambodia for the second season, the All Star season, and we're in Ponderosa before the game started. They had they tested each of us in the water, open ocean swimming, to confirm that we could. Uh, we were strong swimmers because many many challenges were in the water, so they wanted to not uh risk anything so yeah now um let's let's get because we're getting we're getting up close to uh like when letters from home come family visits happen um stephanie were you ready for that yes i was more than ready um so about two weeks after he'd left i get the first phone call and yeah. on the Don't other side, shot. right. I'm well. First, it was I'm calling from where your husband is. I don't know if they thought my line was tapped, but they didn't use any names or locations. And they said, um, "I need you to write him a letter." And okay, we're going to send you an envelope, um, and you're going to send it to our office, and then we'll send it on. So. And then that was it. It was a two-minute phone call, and I then wrote the letter and sent it over. Then a few weeks after that, I get another call saying, um, can you swim? I said, yes, I can swim, again with the swimming. And they said, okay, we're right. going to send you a list of items that you need to pack. Uh, you will be flying out. And they gave me the date. It was about 10 days ahead. Uh, we're going right. to send you your tickets, and you're going to need to get certain vaccines and you know get ready yeah. to go and then right at the, at, this was the hardest thing was the morning of my flight i get a phone call saying i'm sorry um the situation the the episode has changed you will not be flying out tonight now having watched yeah. even though it was seven i'd watched and i hope this is this is in PG because my reaction was, sure. are you kidding me? Who the fuck voted my husband out? 
Yeah, and see, me, me from knowing uh, a lot of survivors and their family members, um, I know Brenda Lowe's uh, dad went through that. He was all ready to go. Um, and I know, you know, I, I've done, I, I did two, three, four pods. I don't remember how many with, with uh, Jonathan Penner and his um, wife, Stacy. Um, God rest her soul. Um Stacy's Stacy, of course, she made it on once, but Stephanie, her story kind of won up to you because she actually flew out and got there and then was told, we're sorry I voted out last night. Oh, my gosh. Horrible. Wow. So yeah. she, she was there. She was there with the family members. And she said she enjoyed being around them, and, you know, they made friends. But it's like I've flown 15 hours out here, and they voted him out last night. Man, that sucks. <laughs> right. And the excitement, you know, you think you're going to be seeing your loved one in a few hours, and then to find out at the last minute that you don't. So, so you know, in Cambodia, Fishback got voted out. Uh, the day before the loved one visit, and his loved ones were stuck in a hotel in Cambodia. He was so angry. <laughs> oh, oh! I, you know, with, with how how far away the show has traveled in in different seasons, um, I guess it's unavoidable. Um, somebody's going to end up flying out there, and um, their loved ones probably going to be voted out before they get there. It's That's what happened. You know, at least at least you didn't have to make the trip, Stephanie. At least you didn't. Have you know to what go though? But well, you know, I had a five-year-old. I could have used the vacation. That's what I was going to say. Maybe you look at it the other way. Maybe it's like, uh, you know, I hate you guys for voting my husband out, but I'm going to enjoy this vacation. Exactly. A few days on the beach with no kids. I think I'd be okay. <laughs> yeah. Didn't you say the first? Didn't you say the first time the girls were what five and two when he five had to two. leave? Man, mm-hmm. that had to be tough, Andrew. That had to be tough leaving leaving two girls home like that. Oh, that was that was uh, the hardest thing for me about survivors leaving Stefan and, and our girls. Hands down, I can yeah be with the bugs, the deprivation, the sleep deprivation, the starvation, dehydration and all the nasty people nipping at my heels. And just leaving them was by far the hardest thing. Yeah. Yeah, that that would be that would be the thing with me, too, you know, having a family and leaving them behind. I mean, once you get out there, you know, you get in game mode, but, you know, each day you, you, you just miss them, you know, and, and it's it's unavoidable. You know, it's unavoidable. Um but uh, let me ask you another interesting question that that involves you and a quote unquote rumor. Um, at one point during this uh, this franchise, um, there was talk that um, Jeff could be leaving. Um, they had had discussions. He had had discussions with CBS and. Um, they wanted some changes made. It was kind of back during the Hans era. 
Um, CVS was, they were getting kind of sick of Hans every season, a different Hans every season. Um, and at the time, you know, Jeff thought they were, you know, good for ratings. But there had been talk um, that if he were to be replaced, your name came up as a possible replacement. So I just, I, again, in all these years, you're the only one to ever ask me this question. So I applaud you, my friend. And it's a great question. It is a great I question. Actually, here's a, here's I actually even heard that you may have went to a, may have went to a reading just, just so, so they had their, their eyes dotted and their T's crossed. I will tell you the truth. And here's, there's only a handful of us that know the truth of this story, and I'm happy to share it. So, all right. Super close friends with Jeff Probst. He wanted to stop going to remote locations, settle down, marry a young lady, have a family, do something else. He's incredibly creative. He had his, uh, he he produced, directed, wrote this great movie uh, a couple of years before. And uh, anyway, so oh, Finders find, Feet. So everyone listening, you should go watch Finders Feet. It's Probst's brilliant movie. Probst's movie. It's absolutely brilliant. And uh, anyway, so that's what he wanted to do. And in the time frame, In Touch Magazine came out, and, and it said that essentially Probst is out, and they're looking for a new host, and Savage is in, right? So I, I read that, talked to Probst about it, and what the reality is that Probst was uh, negotiating his contract with CBS, and we right. talked about that. Ultimately probes re up of course and multiple years right. over and over again and that's great and so yeah the colleen sullivan was the publicist for survivor and she came out with a statement saying in touch magazine should be called out of touch magazine because nothing is further from the truth jeff is uh still going to be the host and savage was never considered and i took that and i'm like that's totally cool so fast forward this is really cool Fast forward all those 12 years later, I'm in uh, a green room in L.A. getting ready to go to Cambodia for the All-Star season. And I won't tell you his name, but it's uh, one of the original cameramen on Survivor comes into the green room and said, and I hadn't seen him since Pearl Island. And he said, Savage, I can't believe you're here. I'm so excited to see you play again. And, and we got close. I'm like, dude, how you been? How's the family? And he said, I just got to tell you that In Touch, this is stunning, the In Touch magazine story, I said, yeah, that was debunked. That was fun for me to think about and fantasize, but it wasn't true. And he looked at me and he said, I was in the room. I was in the room with Les Moonves, Mark Burnett, and Jeff Probst when they said, Savage, they said, Savage, you're the host if Jeff doesn't re-up. And he said, yeah, I mean, I, that's how close, yeah, that's I, how close you I were. I was told that. that. I was told that very same thing, and uh, and I had told I had told some fans about that, and they were like, "Oh no, you know, if they if Jeff ever leaves, it's going to be Boston Rob and blah." blah. I said, "I'm I'm just telling you, I'm telling you what what I was told. If if Jeff were to leave, um, it's going to be Savage. That's who they're looking at, and uh, I, I mean." And I totally agree. No, I I understand. The um, just the, the the Boston Robin all that, but it's I think you can't underestimate the job, right? 
what what right. Coach does and being able to, I mean, you have to be incredibly smart. You have to be uh, a great speaker, be able to just off the cuff. Um, it, it's just a very different role. And I think well, I'm, that I'm, uh, they saw that Savage probably had the, the intelligence, the ability. Um, right. And the stability, um, I mean, with Rob, he, I mean, it, he would, he would tend to, and I don't have nothing against Rob. I like Rob, but he would tend to want the uh, the spotlight on him. Um, exactly. Whereas I think Savage would be more in control, like Jeff is, and let the players, you know, just answer the questions. And uh, I'm just over here to host the show. Right, exactly. You're there to kind of manage and control, but I'll let him fill you in. No, I just got to say you're 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 so good at this. Uh, you just are you're so on top of it, and you're so insightful. And that's exactly true. Like the show at the end of the day is not about folks. It's about the contestants. It's about the drama. It's about right. Hardship deprivation and and that's what it's about and Boston Rob God bless him when you're in a room with him it's all about Rob and that's that's right. that's that's fatal to be the host of Survivor but anyway so it didn't happen and that's totally cool still my dream job I will tell you it's not going to happen folks still supposed to be yeah, 90 years old and still hosting Survivor maybe you can host the Bachelorette you do a great job yeah, I, I think if it ever happened, you'd do a great job. I don't think Jeff's Thank leaving you. now. I think I think at one time Jeff may have had thoughts of leaving, and and I heard the same story, um, Savage. It came up at at uh, renegotiation time, and and I'll tell you something else. I was told I may it may be right, it may be wrong. I heard Jeff walked in, and and he walked in pretty confident, wanting you know, X more amount of money, and and they kind of looked at him and said, we, we want to talk to you because there's a few things we want to change. And all of a sudden, Jeff was like, oh, crap, this is not going the way I want it to go. <laughs> so, um, yeah. you know, and so like I said, a lot of it had to do with, with the whole – Russell and Brandon Hance stuff. You know, they were, CBS, they were sick of that. They were, you know. But I also heard this now. I also heard this uh, for those that are wondering what would ever happen if Jeff left. And I, I do think Savage is number one on the list. But I also have heard Mark Burnett made the quote, if Jeff were to leave, we will not make the American Idol mistake. And what he meant was they let Simon Cowell get away, and if, if Jeff leaves, Survivor's done. I don't disagree with that. Probst is an icon, and he is the yeah. best reality host in, on television, and he... He's a showrunner, like he's the executive producer, so he does an absolutely brilliant job. Yeah, him and Matt, him and Matt, Matt both do. Him and Matt here's both do a great job. Matt, hundred percent. Yeah, Matt's amazing, amazing. And here's the thing: Prope makes it look so easy, and it's not. It's unbelievably right. difficult what he does, but he makes it look easy, which shows how professional and brilliant he is as a host. So, Mark, Mark, right? right? 
I don't, I don't, and I don't think, you know, now there's been certain seasons where I thought, oh, come on, Jeff, oh, you know. And it was kind of back during the Hans era, but um, I don't think Jeff's gotten the credit from, like, uh, you know, receiving awards and stuff like he should have. And the show, you know, like, like Stephanie was saying, this show has been around forever, 40 seasons, and it's still top 10. Yep, that's amazing. I mean, and I, I will say that where the host of, I think, so I guess the host of, we don't watch Amazing Race, we did a couple times, but I guess the Phil Keegan, whatever his name is, he's got a bunch of awards and probes I don't think has as many, which is total BS, I will say. Like, you yeah, know, so you, you, you arrived, you, you arrived, you arrived eight. That's what he does on Amazing Race. Probes. You do, you do know. You do know um, when it came down to casting the host for Survivor, the final two candidates were Jeff and Phil, right? Yeah, I heard that. That's a great story. Yeah, yeah Jeff, Jeff gets Survivor, and then Phil ends up with Amazing Race. So. Um, I got to say, man, you have your facts down. It's amazing your knowledge, honestly. <laughs> oh, well, let, 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 let me go back. Let me go back to, like, when when you first get there. And, because we don't see this anymore, you know, on Survivor. We don't see them saying, hey, y'all go into the village. Y'all go into town and see what y'all co-. They don't do that anymore. Um and and you've already said, boy, I knew right away when Sandra was speaking her her language, we were in trouble. Um, when you guys had to do that, that had to be a surprise. I mean, you you know, you I know they send you DVDs and let you watch previous seasons before you go out there. Um, so that is that had never happened before. All of a sudden. You're kind of on your your back heels. Rupert's in there stealing stuff, and Sandra's bartering, getting everything else. Yeah, no, I agree. That was a shock. And uh, Rupert stole my in, my inserts in my shoes, five hundred dollars. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> what I think, I think if you look at Cambodia, my my second season, uh, and we're on that that big old boat and grabbing everything we can for supplies, that was their Pearl Islands kind of go into the marketplace and get your supplies. I think they should absolutely repeat Pearl Islands going into a local market. It just adds such a great dynamic dynamic to the show, the beginning of the show, and make it be a two-hour premiere with big characters and, and uh, maximize uh, the enjoyment of the viewers. Now, who was it that... Stephanie, do you think Stephanie, do you think the whole pirate thing do you think they had Rupert in mind when they did that? I do. I do. Because Rupert is absolutely kind of the, the modern day pirate, right? Yeah. I, I think they had that in mind and I think he played it perfectly. Andrew, Andrew, or, I mean, how how big of a difference would it have made? Um, I, I know it's a tough call because o, I mean, OT's a, a big dude. Um, but you're around camp, and you know his heart ain't in it. 
it didn't take long for him to start talking about quitting and leaving. But yet you guys still would keep him around. Um, do you think looking back now, maybe you should have cut him loose earlier? Or would that have hurt you even more? Yeah, so day three, day four, OT wants to go home. Initially, I started laughing because no one had ever quit from Survivor. I said, dude, you can't just go home. What are you going to call Mark Burnett's helicopter and airlift you out of here? Come on. Uh, so it, was, it was actually really comical. And at the end of the day, OT is my brother, and I loved him on the show. I love him now. And we needed him. He, so he got a tough edit, I would tell you. Anyone listening to this, understand this. OT got a tough F- edit. And here's what I mean by that, is that the fans of Survivors see less than 1% of what actually happens on Survivors. So in three days, I don't, I don't care who you are. In, in three days, right. everyone whines and complains. Everyone's a hero. Everyone's a villain in three days. And what the editors did is they chose to pick all of Austin's OT's weak, weak moments, and that's what they aired because it fit in the narrative of the first massive dude that could Survivor, right? So uh, we, kept, we kept Austin because he was absolutely wonderful around camp. He was part of our family. He was wonderful and loving and supportive and strong in challenges. Yes, he did quit, and that's on him. I didn't agree with that. I tried. I rallied him till day 18. But if we would have gotten rid of OT, what, what are we going to take Skinny Ryan instead? Skinny Ryan almost died on day two. He shouldn't have been out on Survivor. So it was the right call to keep OT. Yeah, um, and anybody that really follows the show and follows – um, the players online, on their social media accounts, on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, um, everyone can see um, how your cast, everybody loves OT. They, I mean, there, there are no hard feelings there at all. Everybody loves the guy. OT is one of the most magnanimous people you would meet. He walks into a room... And I can see why he was caught. It wasn't just about his size and his strength. He just is this incredible person that draws you to him. He he has incredible energy and cares about people. He's very positive. He's engaging. Um, He is scared of little dogs uh, and bugs. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so so we, we, we sometimes have to call him Scary Mary, but um, but he, he's a great guy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that, that initial tribe breakdown, like we were talking about, uh, Savage, I mean, you're, you're looking at your tribe, and you're seeing you, you're, you're seeing OT, you're seeing Rhino, and you're thinking, okay, three, three of us here are pretty tough. Uh, don't know about this blue dare girl, but maybe maybe Tijuana's pretty good. Um, Skinny Ryan, I don't know. Nicole, I don't know. You look at the other tribe, okay, they got Burton, Rupert, Sean. They got three strong guys like us. Uh, we've got Ryan, we got Skinny Ryan, but they've got this, this 
this nutterhead, this fair play guy that gets drunk all the time. So <laughs> they, the tribes, I think, um, initially were pretty evenly matched. It's just the circumstances that happened afterwards. So, again, I love your question, and I, I 100% agree. We were absolutely even matched. But let's to take it back a step. If you take a Spanish-speaking original language person away from the Drakes, I'm telling you this, the whole trajectory of that season and thereafter would have changed. Because here's right. the thing. All of your supplies in, in that village dictate your 39 days, not your 39 days, before the merge in terms of uh, food, shelter, uh, and all the accoutrements, right? And Sandra being able to get all that stuff was incredible. And we couldn't get anything because we <laughs> couldn't speak the language. And that's on us, honestly. We should have done better, and we, and, and, and we didn't. We didn't do uh, very well. But if you take Spanish language out of the equation, one-on-one, tribe-on-tribe, we were physically better than them. I, I 1,000% yeah. believe that. And Nicole, yeah, I mean, I'll I'm, tell you, I'm, I mean, I'm just, Nicole's a really I'm tough down the list. I'm looking down the list, and I'm looking at you, OT, and, and Rhino as three of the guys. And, and you had Dara, who turned out to be really good. Um, you would think Tijuana that she would handle herself. Um, Lillian, you don't know about and, you know, we talk about, we, we kind of tease Skinny Ryan, but he's one of these southern boys. You don't know, maybe he could be, he could catch fish or do something. Um, and you look at them, and and you got Trish. I mean, she, she didn't look that strong. You got Krista was kind of out there, and Michelle wasn't that strong. You got Sean, Rupert, Burton, and then Fairplay's crazy. And then Sandra don't really like to do challenges. I mean, if you if you had to set odds, you would have probably probably said your your tribe was stronger. So if if he looked at Vegas without you know without the Spanish speaking language effect, we win. Right. We win one on one tribe on tribe competition. I would say this about. Skinny Ryan, he almost drowned in seven feet of water, and the dude is like six three. So I don't know what I don't know what's going on there, but uh, and he told me he was a great he was a great swimmer. So that's that's kind of odd. But I'll tell you this about Nicole: first one voted out because she wanted Tawana out, which is a really good strategy, right? When T and I and and OT are really tight, Nicole was right. a great athlete and absolutely fierce. She if she were not the first one out. She would have been a wonderful asset to the tribe. And if you look about, yeah. if you look at Lil and Sandra from a physicality standpoint, they cancel each other out. Skinny Ryan, exactly. Skinny, Skinny Ryan, and and Fairplay, they cancel each out each other out. And then we go head right. to head with the rest of the Drakes, and we have a fighting shot for sure. The reality is exactly. we ran out of food, you know, after twelve, thirteen, fourteen days, which you know. That's all right. It's yeah, right. and, and they started know. they started doing this where um, okay, you win this reward. Somebody gets to go to their camp and steal something. I mean, I, I think you were pretty upset when you lost your tarp, weren't you? Oh, 
Dude, I, I was so angry. They had to restrain me. That was that was because here's the funny thing. Uh, Ot says to me before Sandra came, he looked at me. He said, "Savage, I'm just going to tell you, man. If they, uh, he called me fella in Boston accent. He said, fella, if they take our tarp, I'm out of here. I want to call Mark for that, and they're going to they're going to airlift me out. And I was just dying laughing. That was Ot. He had us in shitches the whole time. Sandra comes. Looks around. She's super smart and clever. Looks at the tarp. She says, I'm taking that. OT looked at me. He said, what I tell you, fella? I'm out of here. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. Good time. Um, you are, but, but as far as, as far as being someone on the camera, um, and, and I know they're everywhere, you know, the, the, uh, the mics and the producers and everything, um, you you came off as um, somebody that was able to kind of block all of that out and just keep your head in the game. You know, you weren't worried so much about, I'm going to be on TV, how is this going to look? I mean, you made that obvious when you dropped your drawers in the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the truth is, I don't care about the cameras. I am who I am. I make no excuses. And if there's a camera there that catch, catches what I say, that's okay. I own it. And and I'm just, it was my adventure of a lifetime. I absolutely cherish every second of it. And I'm super blessed to have the, the adventure of a lifetime twice, to be able to do it 12, whatever, 12 years later. And uh, right. yeah, I don't care about cameras. Yeah, I remember, I remember when they started coming up with the uh, – you know, the fan vote, and we started doing all the interviews in uh, in Survivor Whispers, and uh, all of our uh, survivors that are in there, um, I would do an interview with them. You know, we call them live chats, you know, where they can plead their case and beg the fans, and I remember you and I doing one in there. Um, yes. And, uh, I mean, a lot of, a lot of the people in there, ended up getting on the show. And, uh, of course, there were a couple that didn't. Uh, Jim Rice, um, yep. he got close, but he, he didn't quite make it. But uh, I don't know that you noticed this, but each week um, to kind of promote what show we're going to do on the next podcast, I always put up a poll. So last week I put up a poll. It's the same poll every every week. It you know it's just um, change change the names. Um, which player? Which players from Survivor Pearl Islands would you like to see play again? And I put that poll up in Survivor Whispers, and then we have my spoiler group where I do spoilers in Survivor Whispers from here. I put it up in there. You were number one, my man. That's crazy. I've, ne- I've never you, been number one. <laughs> you were number one. You were number one. Stephanie, let me ask Stephanie, who do you think was number two? From Pearl Island? Not yet. Yeah. Who did the fans vote in whispers? They voted. They voted Savage number one. They wanted to see it again, but who, who was number two? I I would not 
uh, not Rupert, because at that point, I think everybody's seen enough of Rupert, maybe. Um, I would have to say number two, Tawana. No, no. And she's actually she's actually in there. She's in Whispers. You were close with Rupert. Rupert was number three. He was number three. Number wow. two. Number two was Dara. It was okay because I, I was thinking okay I've, I've pushed Dara too much. <laughs> so I'd give T no. a shout out. Um, no, it's, I, it's, I don't know uh, if you guys I mean, know this. They still communicate all the time. It's the Morgan Five. They're known as the Morgan Five, and vacation together, um, talk together. And uh, yeah, I've seen some of the pictures. Yeah, I've seen some it, of those pictures. It's an, it's an amazing friendship, and it's probably the greatest gift that Survivor has given Savage and our family is the Morgan Five. Right. Now, um, let me ask you this, Stephanie. Um, as you watch after he gets home, um, and I know that's a tough adjustment, Savage, you know, getting back, you know, because you're feeling like you want to eat everything in sight, but, you know, you can't do it because it makes you sick, and you're trying to get back in your routine. But as you're watching the show each week, and you already told Stephanie when you got off the plane, uh, I, I didn't win, um... As you were watching his edit, Stephanie, how he was edited, and and knowing there's not a whole lot of people Jeff just calls by their last name. And normally when he does, he likes those players. Did it ever cross your mind way back then, something's going to happen on this show down the road, and they are going to ask you back to play? Good question. I um, first in watching it, I knew the first time I thought the way he was portrayed was exactly who he is. Um, I never considered that that was something to be concerned about. It's only in subsequent seasons that I've seen. So the second time he went out, I knew that it was kind of up for grabs and no idea how he would be portrayed in the second one. Um, but, you know, he is who he is, and I know any given day everyone can be portrayed in a certain way, but right. he's probably, I mean, not just probably, he's the most honest, sincere, ethical. Uh, yes, he's a lawyer, he's successful, but he's extremely humble. He comes from very, very humble beginnings, um, you know, He's a guy who grew up with one pair of pants, and when they got too short, they became shorts, you know. Um, <laughs> so he's a self-made man that has a lot of respect and integrity and cares about people. So I, I kind of knew that he wouldn't win because of that. But, well, did, um, but, but after, watching, after watching him... And, and seeing the attention Jeff kind of gave him, because fans pick up on that. Um, I mean, it, I know I, I know you've heard it, Savage, over the years. 
you're one of Pope's favorites, you know, because he calls you savage. Um, um, just like they talk about the women, oh, he loves Kelly Wentworth because he calls her Wentworth. Um, did did you ever think, you know, because we're talking, what, what are we in, seven seasons at this point? Are you, are you thinking um, somehow I may get to play again? Uh, yeah, go ahead. A quick story for you. So get back from Pearl Island, and I just got the poop kicked out of me, and it's two days back, and I'm with Steph. We're at the park with the girls playing. My phone rings, and it's Lynn Spillman, the casting director of Survivor. He says, hey, hey, Savage, just want to check in with you. How you doing? And I'm like, yeah, I'm good, Lynn. How you doing? She's like, hey, just want to check in. Would you want to play Survivor again? And I'll tell you, uh, in all honesty, I blew it, right? Because I just got back and Survivor Pro Lions kicked my butt. And I said, absolutely, Lynn, I'd love to play, you know, two, three, four years from now when I, when I heal. But uh, right now, right now, you know, tall ask. So she said, that's cool. Yeah. I'll keep that in mind. Hangs up. Yeah. What we didn't know, because there hadn't been an all-star season at that point, the notion of all stars was not not something that ever anyone ever thought about. And my right. take is, Lynn may have been thinking, "Hey, Savage, you want to?" You know, the next season was that first all star season. She may have been checking in, saying, "Hey, you want to come back?" And I, I was an idiot, and I said, "Yeah, no, I'm good. Call me in three, four years." And then after well, you know, after that, you know, they do they do that. What I mean. They'll have, like, I guarantee you right now, I mean, I know what's coming the, the next two seasons they film, but I'll guarantee you on the table right now, they've probably got five or six different themes lined up that they're looking at for the future, and they do remain in contact um, as far as how certain people are interested um, yep. I, I know, I know they. I, I can tell you that I know they still got a a season called Legends on the table, and I kind of think they want that to be their very final season. That's just my opinion, but I know they've reached out to people, and they they gauge interest. So that's what she was doing to you. She was <laughs> gauging your interest at a future season. And, and, and I blew it. They do that. They do that. Not, yeah, dude, and I blew it. Probably, then, dude, dude, you probably did blow it. Or, or, or as OT would say, fella, you blew it. <laughs> <laughs> and I will tell you, remember when uh, Stephanie LaGrosa and Bobby John were on that all-star season? Yeah. There's a, just the two of them, whatever it was, I don't remember. Uh, but I got yeah. the call. And it was between me and Bobby John, and Mark Burnett chose Bobby John. I don't know why. He's younger, whatever. But I was called three or four times for all these all-star crazy seasons and never got the call. And then second chance came up, and I'm like, really? You're going to rip the Band-Aid off, put me through PTSD again with the, the, the notion, the euphoria of being on this show again. I'm going to go through that, all that again. And the beauty is that it, it happened for me, and I, I killed my Pearl Island demons on Cambodia, which is brilliant. And I, I couldn't – I'm forever indebted to Probst and 
Burnett, Mark Burnett, and and CBS and Survivor. You know who gets to play. The- and of course, the fans who voted for you. Well, most yeah, importantly, and, I would say yeah. No, oh, point. I do, I do, I do, I do want to say honestly, the only reason, and I, and I've goosebumps. The only reason that I had the adventure of a lifetime, and others have as well, is because of super fans, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I work. Yeah. I'm a lawyer at at Adobe. Lex Vandenberg is uh, a top uh, product manager at Adobe. Lex and I are super tight. And we did this interview inside Adobe about both of us and our experiences and how it relates to the workplace and everything. And we both said the only reason that we had the incredible adventure of a lifetime is solely because of the super fans. So I, I tip my hat. I applaud all of you. And, and you are absolutely amazing. Yeah. I do yeah, have a question and, and, and for Stephanie. I uh, Go ahead, uh, Teresa. Ask Stephanie. Okay, if uh, you and Andrew had been asked for uh, blood versus water, would you have done it? We we already we already covered that, and yes. she said in a New York minute, in a heartbeat. <laughs> yes, um, Teresa, um, it was it was between it came down at the end to be between Savage and I and Laura and Rupert and. Um, Someone made the final decision, and Rupert and Laura went instead of us. But yes, absolutely, I would have loved it. That would have been a tough. That would that would have been a tough one. But both uh, both of you are uh, complete ass kickers. Yeah, but uh, Teresa, Teresa, if you Teresa, if you remember back to what happened, uh, yep, Rupert and uh, Laura that season. Um, he gave up his I, I, for his wife. I mean, I, I know they want to put Rupert on there, but um, as far as game players, they probably made the wrong call. Well, I here's the thing. I, I think that um, I applaud Rupert for wanting to give his wife the experience that he had had, so he stepped aside and, and kind of let her move forward instead of him. Uh, there's no way in heck I would have let Savage take my place. Um, right. Absolutely not. And Percy, well, actually, you know what? I wouldn't have lost. <laughs> That's the bottom line. <laughs> it wouldn't have come down to that. Stephanie, uh. <laughs> I, I, I totally understand that. My wife is the same way you are in that thinking. If that was us... And and I wanted to do what Rupert did. She she would she would almost come to the point to pop me on the face and say, "Wake the hell up! You got a better hey, chance than I do." So I'm, I'm Jim. Here. She would have Jim. She would have killed you. Not not bopped you upside the head. She would have killed you. <laughs> yeah, you I think so too. <laughs> but I'm I'm thinking Jim is that your wife or I neither of us would have been in the position to lose for you to have to take our place. You know what? You're exactly right about that. Yeah, but exactly. She, she is, she's very competitive. Um, she, she, she was an athlete. Um, she was a, uh, a left-handed, uh, fast-pitch softball pitcher. So um, she, she's pretty tough. But she's like you. Um, she would have never. 
she would have never let me do what Rupert did. Never, ever. No. No way. Jim, Jim let's be fair. Jess was asking Rupert if he wanted to switch. Before you even got to say a word, J.J. would have been like, oh, no, his ass is staying right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so you can you can these callers. They know how my wife is, um, and you sound a lot like her. Um, I kind of think you're a, a lot like her anyway. From getting to know you, you know, over the past few years, um, I've, I've known Andrew longer than you, but we we bond on other things that I, I don't want to go into on podcasts. All three of us are on the same side of certain topics. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. So, uh, yeah. Um, but, God, that, that see, that's going to be the one thing that sticks with me from this podcast is we could have had Stephanie and Savage out there together. God. You know, I, I would have loved that. And uh, I looked pretty good back then, too, so I, I feel like it would have oh, been Oh, come on. You, you know you still do. You still do. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know if I want to be in a bikini right now. <laughs> well, Savage is surrounded, and I'm the same way. Savage was surrounded by great-looking females, great women. So, um that's we're, my we're best. Blessed. That's my best. We're, that's my best. We are, that's savage, best. we are blessed. We are blessed. That's the mm-hmm. best part of me. I'm surrounded by Steph and the girls, and uh, honestly, it's it's the uh, best thing that ever happened to me. But I got to say, Jim, honestly, and I mean this, right? So we have – I have done countless interviews, and this is the best in terms of being insightful, knowledgeable, and super smart, cutting to the the – the actual issues that matter and not just going over the same old questions and being fun, super fun, and just a great attitude. And so I I applaud you, Teresa, as well, and it's super fun. And by the way, they would have won. Let me, wait, Teresa, let me, let me, let me let, um, before we, I know you guys, I know you guys uh, are going to have to be leaving pretty soon, but let me go to each one. Um, and see if they've got a question for you. Absolutely. Um, yeah, uh, Steve. Steve's kind of my enforcer in whispers. You know, when uh, somebody says something bad about me, he goes and beats them up. So, <laughs> um, Steve, you got any questions? You got questions for? Uh, you got questions for or Savage or for Stephanie? Yeah, uh, Savage. Considering how you how you exited Pearl Islands, and you even brought this up in Cambodia, that there was literally one thing that just kept lingering in your mind ever since. Uh, you know, even when you were out there in Cambodia, was Pearl Islands. Uh, what was one thing that you took from your first time out there that ended up helping you? Uh, when you went when you went to Cambodia, great question, Steve. So uh, self awareness and just realizing uh, that that I need to to be self aware around me and what people are thinking about me and to watch them and to observe them. And Steph, my wife, taught me this. Came back from Pearl Islands, told her I was stunned 
I was voted out because I was the old guy out there. Why would they come after me? And she said, you're a dumbass. Like, you're super fit. Why would you, why would you not think that you would be the super threat? And I'm like, I, didn't, I never thought of myself as a threat. I just didn't. And then I did that sandbag weight challenge and lasted forever. She's like, God, you're a dumbass. So I go in Cambodia, and I had a more self-awareness just to be aware of the people around me and to be – to just want to make friends with them and to get to know them and to personalize the experience. The other thing I would say is what I learned at Pearl Island because I honestly cherished every second I was out there to get that second chance. Like in life, when you have these crazy dreams and you get a second chance, which rarely happens, I'm on Cambodia and every second I'm out there, I'm looking around like, Oh my gosh, I'm a, a kid in the candy store. This is happening. I love it. My dream. And just, taking it all in so jeremy and his family are super close friends of ours and a bunch of folks and just to enjoy the moment am i going to win that would be super cool the adventure of a lifetime and just enjoying every piece of it and 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 making the most of it extreme slice of life and just carpe diem right enjoy the moment everything that is so beautiful about life yeah yeah uh, Steve, I'm gonna come right back to you. But Stephanie, okay. to follow up on that, was it was it a little easier for you the second time you played? Did you kind of know what to expect? Okay, I'm gonna probably have to go get these shots. I'm gonna have to do this, and um, probably by now, everybody in the family and everybody in the neighborhood knows why he's gone. Was it easier the second time? Uh, yeah, it was a little, I have to say, yes, a little easier because, um, the girls were older, so I had them with me and I could talk to them and, uh, they were kind of my support. Um, the tough part was when you guys found out he was on is when I found out he was on. So when he left here to go to LA, I watched it live and found out he was going on a bus and that was it. I uh, and that was I, I'll days. send this, Andrew. I'll send this to you if you want it later. But I actually have uh, the rankings on the voting. I actually Ooh. know who was top to bottom. I, I still oh. have that. Are you, are you kidding me? I'll I would love. That, I'll send that, I would to, love to, see I'll that. send that to both of you later if you want. If you want me to. Oh, I would love to see that and, 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 and let, you know, let me know how you want to send it to me because I, I asked folks about it and he said, we're never going to reveal those numbers, but I'm dying. Yeah, to well, see I, don't, I don't have, I, I don't have what, what they call uh, percentages and this and that, but I have, I have the list. Um, and we, we've discussed on this podcast before who was the one at the bottom that got left out, you know, who was the one that got closest and got left out. And we, we, we've discussed that before, but it is interesting to look at the list at where people ranked. Um, And I I don't have no problem with the list. You know, I I thought it was a great cast, but I will, I'll, I'll send the, uh, it's going to be two different pictures. One will be the the guys, one will be the girls. And I'll send that to you. Um, right how about I'll send I'll send it to you uh, in private on Twitter. How about that? 
Yes, I would love that. Super fun. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, uh, Steve, that. you were about to ask another question. Yeah, uh, considering as well that you you had said previous uh, previously uh, in interviews after you did after you did Pearl Island that your time on the Morgan Tribe was perhaps perhaps some of, some of the most uh, uh, depressing times on, on you know in your life because of the fact that you were on such a losing streak having lost i believe you lost like what the first six challenges both in uh, they lost, immunity they lost and the first reward three. yeah they lost well, the first immunity, three. immunity and and reward as well though i'm i'm counting uh counting reward in it um and yet you, when when you came back for cambodia and you start off like uh, at the top, you know, you you were you were pretty much uh, in the penthouse, and then you get sent right back to the to the outhouse. It seemed uh, by joining by joining Angkor at a four to two disadvantage, I, and you pretty much uh, equaled that to your time on the Morgan Tribe at one point. Where in what season do you feel like? You had the harder, uh, you had the harder time out there. Wow, amazing question. Uh, so, to, to be super clear, my time in the Morgan Tribe was electrifying because we legitimate. What we didn't see is that we loved each other. We celebrated every night, super close friends, and that's why we call ourselves Morgan Five now. And yes, we lost the first five challenges. That's okay. If you remember, we won uh, the next handful of challenges, even it up 5-5 five, five going to the merge. So we redeemed right. ourselves. When we're on, I would tell you this, hands down, on Cambodia, in Cambodia, the hardest thing I've ever done in life was going from Bayon, which was utopia, and, and I was arrogant. I said top dog. I wasn't top dog, but we were just absolutely in the lap of luxury on Survivor, sleeping in a hammock thinking, and the monsoons hadn't come yet, thinking it was so stupid because as soon as you say that, as soon as you say that, a monsoon comes. We're like, this isn't Survivor. Like, this is Utopia. And next thing I know, I'm on Angkor with a dead cove, nothing, and we got these jumping spiders that were biting us and viper snakes and everything. And by far, it was probably ten times harder on Angkor. Tosh, Tasha Fox is, is my little sister. She's absolutely wonderful tough as nails and thank goodness she was there with me or I probably would have perished but by far uh, Cambodia was <laughs> 10 times harder Alright, uh, Melissa do you have a question for uh, for Savage or Steph? I don't think so I'm just really loving listening to it listening to yeah, it I do. yeah, I mean it's been Hi. so, so good day. JB, what about you? Um, I know you. I know you've watched this show forever. Um, you you finally get a chance. Um, you got anything to ask Savage or Steph? I just mainly have like uh, two uh, comments to make. Okay, and that is right. and that is number one. I see that. Uh, 
uh, when uh, Andrew was on both uh, Pearl Islands and Cambodia, what's weird is that you were boated out on the same day. You lasted 21 days. That seems, you know, that that, that seems kind of w- weird, really. Well, you know, I, I, attribute I, I, guess that. I attribute that. I have an explanation. I'm guessing going number here. 21. I'm guessing number 21 is not your lucky number, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, despite being my blackjack number. But I will tell you this: my my uh, I attribute that to the Survivor gods. And if you look at Look, I love Survivor. If you look at my time on Survivor both seasons, I don't have any luck in terms of twists and turns, and that's okay. Uh, I cherish every moment out there. And I think there's a a bunch of Survivor gods up there that are puppeteers, and they figure out what they want to happen, and what they do is they mess with me. And they put me in situations, (laughs) and they're like, hey, let's totally mess with Savage. Let's make his second time 12 years later. And and let's just put him out on day twenty one just to see how he handles it. So let's do that. <laughs> yeah. Um I uh Evan, Evan down in Texas. Um, you got a question for uh Andrew uh and or Stephanie? Both if you want. Yeah, I, I do got a question for Savage, you know what? Like going back to that the fourth challenge, the one where y'all uh, finally we're able to win immunity and you see the other tribe sitting out Burton and Robert they're two strongest players did you think at that point they're trying to throw you a bone or were, were you wondering what's going on that they're sitting out two of their strongest players that was a dang you guys are asking the best questions I've never been asked yeah, that I question mean, eventually, so, eventually you found out but did you kind of did you kind of yeah. know? You, did you kind of have a feeling like something's up? No, let me tell you why, that, that we had absolutely no idea. So, Rhino, you saw somewhat of this in the episode. Rhino and I, in our infinite wisdom, went to try to go to the other side of the island, thinking that that's the uh, calm cove where we're going to pick up all these massive fish because they want us to eat them, right? So we get lost, Flairwood's Project. We're literally out there for nine hours with no water. And we come back because the producer says, hey, dumbasses, get your ass back to camp and uh, because you got to get in the boat uh, to go to a challenge. And we have we're like, we're, did you not see us? Like, we're lost. So we blaze the trail back across the island. And we get in the boat. We go to the challenge. And Rhino and I, and I don't know if you guys have ever done this, where you haven't eaten for a couple of days. You're dehydrated, and we're literally lightheaded. So when you're on the couch for too long and you stand up and you feel lightheaded, that's what we were. So when when they sat out, Burton and Rupert were like, whatever, it didn't even click, right? So when Fair Play comes to our tribe and says, you know, we threw that challenge, if you remember, I was absolutely incensed. Like, how could you yeah, possibly I do. I do remember that. that fair square, you piss yeah. ass? And so I right. had no idea because I was so lightheaded. And, but it's a great question, and I should have known. Should have known. And plus, and plus, this goes back to, um, and I don't, I don't know. I mean, you say you guys are cordial now, um, but back then, 
you didn't have much love for a fair play. You you just didn't you didn't see him as a guy no. that um you wanted to uh mingle with and play with. Hated him. Let me tell you, my and I said this in an interview, whatever, many, many years ago. My one regret on Pearl Islands, I had a lot of regrets, but my one regret was when fair play does his little fair play, you know, peace sign sign when I'm getting voted out. And I looked around and I said, uh, Rhino T and D hang tough. And he's doing that like smirk with his fair play signal. I should have, right. I should have just turned around and knocked him out. That was my one regret. <laughs> well, I, I know you got, I know you said that you guys are cordial and get along now. Just for the you record, do. Just for the record, he and I, we don't get along. <laughs> That's fair. Um, Hate to interrupt, will, but we got one more you, minute for the other uh, uh, Yeah, but hour. we're going into the overtime hour. I will tell you, um, Jeff Pope's don't get along with him either. Are you kidding me? I So call me back because I got a lot, I got a massive story about that. <laughs> well, I got I'm, the end- I'm telling you. I'm telling you, at some at some survivor events, um, fair play has gone a little bit overboard, and uh, Jeff's had him banned from attending. So Jim, certain, so, uh, so I, was, I was there. I, I was there in the in all the turmoil when that happened, and uh, yeah. So I, I'll just tell you yeah, that, that I, I, was, yeah. I was yeah, I was the I one. I actually grabbed I grabbed Fairplay by Fairplay by the scruff of his neck because he wanted to knock out Jeff's brother, who's a good friend of ours, and I right. grabbed Fairplay and, and dragged him out. It was actually the Vanuatu live finale, the rap show, um, actually the yeah. rap party. So, and then and that's yeah, justified. Fairplay was drunk. He apologized. Yeah, that was one of the things, but he also attended a. Uh, uh, a big time um, charity raiser that Survivor is deeply involved with in Florida for the kids. It, it's for kids, um, and he attended that once and got so plastered that he ended up throwing up on some people. And and Jeff was like, "Okay, I, I don't let him in nowhere else. Nowhere else. Survivor's banner is up." Don't let this guy in. Yeah, and in, 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 in fairness to fair play, he's he's a bunch of years sober now, so he's turned a corner. But I totally understand. Probst was right in what he did, and fair play has turned his life around. He's a big family man now, so kudos to him. Well, good, but, uh, good for him. I know yeah. we had um, – I mean, I don't, I don't know how well you know him, but, uh, you know, Matt uh, Bischoff does a podcast with fair play. Um and we had Matt and Tessa on, I think his wife, I think it was last week um, when they were on the show. So, um, That's great. Yeah, they're, they're, they're both in whispers, too. Stephanie, i got to get you in whispers. <laughs> I, I do um, have sure. a question. I just thought of something. Um, All right, go ahead. Have your daughters have your daughters expressed any interest in becoming no. a survivor? Oh wow, good question. I'm, I'm, I'm going to let Andrew take this one, but that's a really great question. 
So that's uh, a good question. We were, I, we were. So they I, they they're, they're very now. Yeah, they're very interested in doing yeah, it, I'm, and we were in the Cambodia uh, rap party, and Matt came uh, up to me and said, "Savage, how you doing? Who's this?" And I was with Mackenzie, my older daughter, who is right. Division One athlete and stunning and brilliant. She's Said, who, who, who's this? And I told my kids and my daughter, how old are you? 18. And he said, you want to do Survivor? She's like, heck yeah. And he's like, all right, you're on. And <laughs> Skyler, Skyler, our little one, who's also an incredible college athlete, she's going to be 21 soon, who's absolutely brilliant and beautiful, uh, has been re- they reached out to her, and she wants to do it too. And I tell them both, they're both going to, so my older one's in law school, little one's a junior in college, Amherst College, and it's going to go to law school. I said, you absolutely can do it. After you finish law school, you can do it. <laughs> so we're, we're setting up we're setting up a second generation season? 100%. That would be cool. It would. That would really be cool. I would love to see that. I would love to see that. Imagine Boston Rob. He's got those four beautiful girls. Get some of them yeah, on. They're, Get not my quite, girls. they're not quite old enough yet, though. Your girls are up there to where, um, yeah, they're yeah, close. So we can, they're, they're that's close. good. Savages could cut their ass right now. Yeah, and, and hey, what about this? Um, Dad? Um, who who does Mackenzie put down as her loved one visit, mom or dad? I'm going to say mom. She's wrong. It's dad. <laughs> <laughs> Got a family fight already. <laughs> what, what, we'll have Skyler would put as her loved or, one. Or, hey, wait mom. a minute. Wait a minute. Think outside the box. What about her sister? Maybe that would be better. Yes, yeah, they don't want the old people around anymore. It, you know, it might end up being like a family challenge to earn the spot. <laughs> or it could even be a future boyfriend. Yeah, so we need you. We need, no, 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 you know, no, no, no. This is a savage thing. Yeah. <laughs> my family's even talked about that, and, and I mean, I think you've heard earlier how competitive my wife is. We've talked about scenarios like that. And, and um, I have I have, I have talked in the past um, with the show about possibly being on. This was like years ago, though. And, uh, and, but we, we've had the discussion like, well, if you get on um, and you make it deep and you get that family visit, I'm like, and I'm like, well, yeah, of course. Uh, you know, I want you. She's like, oh, no, no, no. You take Christopher. That's my old son. And and I'm like, but why? And she's like, because he's a stud. You want to win the challenge, don't you? So, um, that's, you know. That's you, the difference, though. If you notice now, compared to the earlier survivors, the earlier survivor seasons, the loved ones would participate, which I think is awesome. But they've eliminated that. 
Now they're just spectators. Yeah, I liked yeah. it when they were more involved. I liked it when they were in the challenges. Yes. You know, and it's it's like what you went through, Stephanie, when they were talking to you, um, making sure you could swim and do things, you know, because it's quite possible you're about to come out here and be in a challenge on a TV show. Um, I like I like that. And I and I think exactly. that's part of the strategy. I think it's part of the strategy who do you have show up? Do you just bring right. and your dad that's like sixty five and he can't help you? Or do you bring your oldest son or daughter that can really probably help you? Right. I, I think that they've actually missed out on that by eliminating that factor because I, – I, and also the family member that you select to come wants to contribute. They want to help you out there. I mean, they want to kind of live and be a part of that dream and that experience that you're going through and contribute. Right. Right. Uh, we have uh, we have added Tim Gross. He's been out in the chat room all night listening. Tim, I know being the Survivor Super fan you are, you've got a question or two for uh, for Andrew or Stephanie. Yeah. So, Andrew, what, between uh, Pearl Island and Second Chance, which season did you enjoy more? Uh, great question it's kind of like i think about uh your first kiss right so what i would say <laughs> is that uh pearl islands is always deep in my heart and there's nothing like it it's your your first kiss uh-huh. and it's absolutely magical i will say this about cambodia uh it was equally magical, but a much different experience because I had better, right? I had twelve. My wife is crazy, so I had twelve years <laughs> of the demons, the demons of Pearl Island, and uh, I did have PTSD for a long time, and I needed to kill those demons by getting back on the show, giving everything I had, getting knocked on my butt many times, and just fighting and fighting, cherishing every second I was on the show. That was Cambodia. I'm super close friends with a bunch of the folks, primarily Jeremy, who is a t- total hero, and his family, Val, is a hero, and his kids are beautiful. Right. So it's just, I think about both of them uh, as magical, but but in different, looking through a different lens, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, 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 can, I can tell you from when, when, uh, when Savage and I first started talking about a week ago about about doing this podcast, and and I showed him the artwork and I told him it was Pearl Islands, he kind of got excited. It was kind of like, oh, that's my baby. That's that's my first. You know, he. I got the feeling that Pearl Islands meant a whole lot to him. Hundred percent. Hundred is the way I saw it. Um, yeah. And, and like I already already knew how how you guys are still close, you know, um, the five of you. Um, but uh, I don't know. Maybe that first time, um, unless you win, 
Now, had you won that second time, then it maybe means more. But if you don't win, maybe the first time kind of means a little bit more to you. I think that's a great observation. Uh, for me, it wasn't about the money. It's about the adventure and just getting as far as I can and to absorb and experience the adventure of a lifetime as much as I possibly could. But you're absolutely right. You, if you're sitting here, Jim, and you said Pearl Islands, and then you say Cambodia Second Chance, you'd see a twinkle in my eye for Pearl Islands. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, can tell when we, I can tell when we started talking about Pearl Islands, it was like you were in, you, you were you were interested in that. That was um, if I would have came to you about Cambodia, you may have been like, uh, you know, I don't know. But you, yeah, I, I could, I could honestly tell, and I could feel that Pearl Islands, would, it's it's special to you. It really is. Yes. It's special. And that's um, so. I, I want to first of all, I want to make sure I I thank you for reaching out, and this has been super fun for me and Steph, and and we're we're honored to be asked to do this we've had a couple glasses of wine and just having a wonderful wonderful time and uh and and your your podcast is just a blast it's super fun but it's also really really uh accurate and surgical in the the issues that matter for the super fans it's it's one of the best it honestly is well good um something yeah, stephanie stephanie something we I mean, I know you guys are still fans. You're still Survivor fans. Something we may do in the future, you know, if you guys want to do it, you know, when they announce the next cast, you know, when they start, you know, after they finish filming, we may want to come back on and um, the three of us just kick around ideas and kind of analyze the new cast and, uh maybe make a few picks at who we think is going to do good. And then, you know, at the end of the season, somebody gets to brag, probably Stephanie. But, um, you know, <laughs> that that would be a fun podcast too. Penner, Penner and Stacey and I used to do but, that. But, but, Jim, what if, what if I'm one of the names? Oh, my God, I'd love that. I would love oh, that. Man. I mean, but then – then everybody, everybody on Twitter and Facebook would accuse me of being a Stephanie Homer. Well, I mean, that's all you do is you promote Stephanie. That's all you do is you promote Stephanie. <laughs> no, but Jim, that sounds awesome. I would love, um, and I know Savage would love too. I, I think that would be great. Uh, yeah. And yes, I'll, ultimately, I, I, I will probably pick the winners. So, just putting yeah, that there. That. If, if, you, if you're that. willing to come. Second, I'd love to do it. Yeah, and see, you know, Savage and I, are, I think we're kind of in the same boat. We kind of think the same way. We're going to let you say you're going to pick the winner, and we're going to be quiet. And uh, and I think maybe your wife and I should do it. Oh, my gosh, yes. Oh, oh, Savage, we're going to have a uh, online backyard sand volleyball challenge <laughs> with uh, your wife and my wife against you and I. Perfect. Dude, we're going to lose. And, and, I'm just 
The girls are going to win. If you go to our callers right now, if you go to Steve, Tim, Teresa, Melissa, anybody on here, Evan, they're going to say we're in trouble, Savage. (laughs) We are in serious trouble. That's not right. That's not right because we're going to have a blast. And it's not who wins, it's who has the most fun. Uh, Maybe. I, I, no, joke you know, with, uh, I joke with Jim about this all the time, and he knows it's out of love, but I always tell him J.J.'s got him whipped. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not going to go that far with, with, with Savage, but I will tell you, Stephanie's a, Stephanie's a great gal. She... He did good. He did really good. Uh, one um, quick question I have for you, Savage, and forgive me if you've already answered this. Uh, I've been kind of in and out because we're on vacation in Illinois right now, and I'm in a hotel. Right on. But, huh? Are you in Chicago? Uh, Southern Illinois near, uh, have you ever heard of, the like, Scott Air Force Base? Yes, I have. We love Illinois. I'm in that area. I'm in that cool. area. I was born and raised here, and then my uh, husband got a job. Uh, well, not a job, but he got a promotion at his job. He worked at the uh, military uh, exchange there, and he got promoted in management. So that moved us to Fort Leavenworth, Kansas. Oh, congratulations. That's and wonderful. I, and I work at the school system, and we're on spring break right now, so I'm here visiting family. But anywho, uh, wonderful. Uh, in fact, we've been. To, I've been to Chicago. I've been. On, I was there on a sixth grade field trip, and several times when my daughter was younger, we would drive to Six Flags in Chicago. It's our favorite city. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I anyway, was there a few years ago, but so. Yeah, we, since you said you did 21 days on both seasons, and in Cambodia you were on the jury, and it was the final three, had that same scenario been in Pearl Island with you on the jury and Sandra, Helen, and fair play, who would you have voted for to win? I like that question. I would like to know that answer. Yeah, so. <laughs> Hold on, I'm going to say. Would you have. Would so you have I would have, honestly, here's the reason. So, you guys, how do you guys come up with these zingers? I'm, I'm just so impressed. Because <laughs> right? I'm a lawyer, I've been practicing law for 33 years. And I rarely get zingers, and you guys have just nailed me, and I absolutely love it. We are a very informative group. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I would love to know that. Would you have voted voted for Sandra, Lillian? I know you wouldn't have voted for Fair Play. Oh, Lillian. So here's what I honestly would have done as best I can transport myself back to that magical time. Uh, definitely not Lil. She didn't deserve it. Anyone who's in the outcast twist and having three meals a day doesn't deserve it. Sandra did nothing. Love Sandra. She's the queen. But sitting out of challenges, I'm an old school player. That doesn't cut it for me. I would have voted for fair play. And, and it would have, 
it would have shocked the world, right? Because I hate the little bastards. Wow. You just you just shocked my world. You just you you talk about the good questions I've come up with, you just shocked me with an answer. That's my job, my friend. That's my job. (laughs) Hey, I understand I understand the whole Lillian thing. Don't get me wrong. I, I would have. I'm, I'm on the same mindset. Um, I just don't know if I could have voted for fair play. So let me let me I mean, Jim, let me tell you tell you why. The reason being is that Sandra won, and she's an amazing winner. But she just honestly wasn't present in the season. We just she wasn't this big personality. And you think about being on the jury who played the best game, who made the moves, who was actually uh, memorable and, and who you either love or hate, right? <laughs> love Rupert, hated fair play, loved Rhino, loved OT. The, who, you, who makes an impression in, in your life? And, and I got to say that I probably would have voted fair play because Sandra just was just kind of there. And when she would say, I don't care who you vote for as long as it's not me. That's exactly, but that's not Survivor. Like, that's just being passive. But here, here's the thing. Here's the thing about that. Here's the thing about that, Andrew. She's made a career off of that. Yeah, I know exactly. I I got to say that, that I didn't. When I was on Pearl Island, I didn't realize the true deep brilliance of Sandra, which is incredible. You just don't notice yeah. it when you're out there. You're going to the challenges, first one to raise her hand, she's sitting out of challenges. I get it. I, I, I have no idea what's going on in the Drake tribe. She was brilliant. I don't want to say that she did not deserve to win. I'm just saying, in the heat of the moment, rocketing me back to monsoon rent. <laughs> Pearl Islands on the jury. I'm probably voting <laughs> fair play. And that's the way you well, have to look at it. She did have more of a social game. That's the way you have to look at it, and that's the way you think you have to think about it. Is how did I feel in that moment? I can't look at it. I can't look at it now after we've seen 40 seasons. I have to go back and understand how I felt right then. At what That's I would right. have done. And if you look at her so. other seasons, she's a brilliant, brilliant strategist, right? And she's manipulative and reads people brilliantly. And so she deserves all the accolades that she's had. And just back, right, just rocketing back to Pearl Island on the jury. I'm probably going fair play, to be honest. <laughs> what, a fun, what a fun question. Yeah. <laughs> And as much as that disgusts people with the whole dead grandma, uh, even one of the jury members said in finding out of this at the reunion was like, I wish I had thought of that. Yeah, well, 100%. Stephanie, what about I'm you? Clear. I said this in a previous Can I tell you podcast, one thing about think... that? What Fairplay told me after the season, what Fairplay told yeah. me, he said, Savage, he said, I think he's trying to save face, but anyway, uh, we had this huge survivor party at our house in LA. We lived in LA at the time. We had Alex Bell from Amazon and all just every, 
L.A.-based survivor came to our house, and it was like 30 of them. It was absolutely epic. Police came, and we were too loud. Police came, and like, holy crap, you guys are on Survivor. And they actually got in the hot tub and stuff and drinking beer with us. And, and it, was, <laughs> it was absolutely oh. one of the fun things. Stephanie, I don't know. Stephanie, I don't know if – I know I know. So, uh, sorry, so let, let me just – I just wanted to – I just want to finish my thought. What what Fairplay said to me at that party was he said, Savage, the only reason we voted you out, or he voted me out, whatever. He was running the game, apparently. And he said, <laughs> because I knew I knew you would not believe the dead grandmother story. And he had planned, he had planned <laughs> it um, two months in advance. He said, Savage, I'm telling you, the only reason I voted you out, because, dude, you would have busted me and my whole persona of Johnny Fairplay would have died, and that's why I voted you out. Last thing I did okay. was I, because I was the attorney for Jerry Springer Show. Jerry's a good friend of mine. Yeah, I, I got Jerry to sign. He probably saw a sign a picture to uh, Fairplay's dead grandmother, and I gave it to Fairplay at the uh, the live reunion show, and he sent it. He gave it to the grandmother, and it was all actually pretty cool. To kind of Boy, that, finish the narrative, Andrew. That, that, Andrew, that's a whole other podcast. Having to having to <laughs> be, be an attorney for the Springer Show. I mean, good gracious! Oh man, yeah, I got stories that'll the hair in the back of your neck will curl up. Oh, I know, I know. Let, let me ask something real quick. Let me ask something real quick, Andrew. Were you with the Springer Show? And I don't. I guess if you were, you'll remember this episode. Were you with the Springer Show when they brought the 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 two wrestlers on, the father and the son, Bill Dundee, Jamie Dundee? They were from Memphis, and there was a whole lot of squabbling over who was sleeping with who. Do you remember either one of those guys? No, I'm sorry. Sorry, I don't. Okay. Uh, All right. But okay. I... I was I was live oh I was there a year and a half for every live taping of the show and I edited every show oh, by God. That, that, had be, that had yeah, that had to be insanity. Stephanie, I, I know when he got home I know when he got home he told you he didn't win. But as you're watching it play out and you're seeing who's in the finals, you've seen this this crazy twist. Um who who were you hoping would win? Were you were you hoping it was going to be Sandra, Lillian, or Fairplay? I was waiting for another twist, and Savage was going to go back out there, but um, that didn't happen. <laughs> In watching it, I understood because he would explain to me explain to me too that you only see a small percentage of what's happening. So right. um, yeah. but I I was a big fan of one of the things with Survivor, I'm a big fan of people that come out and play hard. Uh so I'm looking for someone that doesn't fly under the radar. Um one of the people that I thought actually played really well in Pro Islands that I don't think got the accolades was Krista. Um, I thought she okay. was very tough, uh, especially like in the weight challenge. I think she really held yeah. her own. Um, 
So I thought she was impressive. As to win, who do I vote for at the end? I wish Dara had gotten to the end. I agree. The three, I agree. Fair play, Sandra and Lil. I could piss you off and say Lil right now. <laughs> wow. No, I would. I would have to say. Um, I think I would say Sandra. I would say Sandra. I think. I think. Played a yeah, and, and this. This this happens a lot on the show, um, and it frustrates fans because they're watching how people play, and they're watching how hard people play, and yet they don't quite get there, and now this is who we have to pick from. I mean, that's the way fans look at it a lot of seasons, like, really, one of these? You know, and... At the time, you know, nobody knew Sandra was going to go on and win again and and do the thing with Rob and then do the winners at war. Nobody knew that about Sandra back then. You have to go, like I said, go back in time and think at the moment you're looking at Sandra, Lil, or Fair Play, and it's kind of like, what the heck, you know? Where is Andrew? Where is Rupert? Where, you know, where's Burton? Where, where are these other people? Right. And yeah. I, I think Survivor is not necessarily a reflection of life, right? People that perhaps succeed in life or are stronger, um, both mentally, physically, don't necessarily uh, succeed in Survivor. Andrew, yes, be sir. totally honest. Be totally honest. Um, Always am. We know you're physical. We know we we know you're a strong dude. Um, we know you you always stay in shape. One hundred percent honest. What was the weakest part of your game when you played? Uh, that easy, easy, easy answer. Uh, I suck at puzzles, and puzzles are the predominant part of challenges. I suck. Like my spatial orientation is a business. I probably scored so I. My my I got perfect. ACT scores, SAT, spatial orientation, I failed. Like, I, I'm an idiot. So, <laughs> hands down. <laughs> so, so, you, so you don't like the puzzles. <laughs> and which is a problem. If you think about yeah. Survivor, not doing puzzles well, that's a problem. But put me in the it physical is, challenge. They do a lot of puzzles. Yeah, they do. Yeah, I do. There's always the great equalizer. At the end, the puzzle determines who wins. And if you look yeah, closely and, and at Cambodia, we, we we talked on the pod, Andrew. We talked on the pod, Andrew. You can't count out. I mean, they always cast kind of the same way. You're gonna have you're gonna have the young studs. You're gonna have the young babes. You're gonna have one or two older people. You're gonna have the minorities. And you're going to have the nerds, and you can't count those nerds out because they can do those damn puzzles. 
hundred percent. Yep, that's, that's why exactly when right. you go into Survivor, <laughs> yeah. when you go into Survivor, you what you need to do. If you're a physical person, you need to align yourself with someone that's got a really good social game and a person who can do those same puzzles. That's absolutely right. That's the next yeah. time I play mm-hmm. the game, that's my strategy. I'm just going to say, who the hell can do puzzles? Come here, I want to align with you. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, go, well, go, find, the nerdy, go find the nerdy-looking guy. Go find the nerdy-looking guy wearing glasses that looks like he can't do anything and latch on. <laughs> can I can I tell you a quick story about that, Jim? Is yeah. that we did that uh, that one challenge and uh, we're rowing in the canoe and I was anchoring the canoe and we're uh, mirandering throughout and we got our puzzle pieces. We get actually to the end and we had to do this sack box puzzle piece. And Fishback says to me, and I love Fishback, he's a brother of mine, he says, Savage, yeah. I got this, I'm brilliant at puzzles. So it's me and and uh, <laughs> and Jeremy, and we're, these puzzle pieces are like 80, 90 pounds, and we haven't eaten, and we're stacking them, and Fishback says, that's it, you got it, Savage, we win. Probst comes over <laughs> and he says, that's not it. And Joe won on the other side. I'm like, Fishback, what? on earth was going through your mind. You said you were a genius puzzle person. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm good friends with Steven. Um, he, I, he's he's one of the ones I mentioned. He's one of the ones I mentioned earlier that prepared before he went out when he knew because uh, the water stuff was not, uh, it wasn't a, a strength of his. He he's and great, John Cochran. He's great the dog he and John paddle. Cochran. Yeah, he and John Cochran both uh, spent a lot of time in like a uh, Olympic size swimming pool, trying to get better in the water. Yeah, so um, they they did prepare. And I call Stephen. Stephen, uh, he's a cool dude. He's really he's in Whispers too. What, he's a cool dude. What I want to say about what, Fishback is that we were mortal enemies in Cambodia in the game, and then we got to Cambodia. I'm sorry, we got to Ponderosa, and we were like brothers. It was so amazing, and to this day, we're just thick as thieves. I have infinite yeah, he, respect for Fishback. He, he, he's super smart. He, he's wonderful. Yeah, he, he just, he's super nice. I mean, he, I mean you, you, you just can't get upset with him over anything. He's... You know, he's down the line, you know, whether it's politics, whatever. I mean, you know what he thinks, but you respect him yep. because he's so smart. Um, you just read yep. it and go with it because, you know, you know the dude's he's a smart guy. He's just a smart my guy. Favorite, my favorite thing is we're both girl dads, and we that's our, our calling in life is we're girl dads. Oh, that's great. That's great. Let me ask something else about um, the whole casting thing, Andrew. Um, I know I know that when they cast you, um, and Lil had to deal with this wearing that stupid-ass Girl Scout uniform, um, they suggest strongly what they want you to wear. Um, what did you think about, hey, okay, they're going to flash up that I'm an attorney, I'm a lawyer, 
They got me out on a, a freaking island like this wearing a sports jacket. Yeah, so the way that played out is uh, they said, you're the, the you're the lawyer on the season, Pearl Island. You need to wear your best suit. And I said, well, you know, I'm a partner in a big law firm in Chicago. We're business casual. We don't wear suits. They said, no, no, no. You need to understand. This is a TV show. You need to wear your best suit, your best shoes. So I put on my my Armani, my $4,000 suit, my Bruno Magli shoes. And oh, they, they, they jump off the uh, Rembrandt and destroy whatever, $5,000 yeah. yeah. of shoes. Yeah, you, you, you jump off the boat and then – uh, Rupert starts stealing shoes and stuff, and there goes what, like four grand right there. I mean, it's you know, I'm out here trying to win money, but I'm already down four grand. I'm, I'm behind. You guys owe me some. Uh, you guys owe me five grand. And Rupert, by the way, Rupert, you owe me five hundred dollars for my inserts. And he said to me afterwards when I told him. I said, Rupert, those are my inserts. They're five hundred dollars. You didn't give them back. He said, I'm so sorry, Savage. I'll pay you back. I'll pay you back. <laughs> and guess what? He never did. <laughs> yeah. Even even though he won, even though he won that uh, back when they used to do America's Favorite. I mean, he won That's as right. much money for losing as somebody did for winning. Yeah, and I don't care about the five hundred dollars, Rupert was wonderful and I was, it was just a joke between me and Rupert but uh yeah I mean it's, I think it's super cool that he won but, America's vote but but do you look back at your season because I I, I kind of see it like this and maybe I'm wrong um but in the edit did did you watch it back and kind of think they're editing this as me against Rupert um I'm I'm a, I'm a young I'm a young guy. You know, back then you were younger. I'm a young guy. I'm in good shape. I'm strong. Here's this big burly guy. Um, he's a brute. Um, he's strong. Did you did you think they were sort of editing you against him? Yeah, I never thought that. And again, Steph will tell you. My self-awareness is lacking. Uh, I never thought that at all. I always thought that they're editing Rupert against Austin or Rhino. I was the older guy. And I never, I just, I'm not the center of attention. So in terms of editing, I think they they looked at Rupert. You know, uh, Johnny Depp, Pirates of the Caribbean came out the same summer as Survivor Pearl Island. It's a perfect, perfect combination of the pirate theme people love pirates and it was just this wonderful thing and guess what we had a modern day pirate on Pearl Island and it's Rupert and it was absolutely perfect <laughs> right so I never thought wow Rupert against me that kind of thing I just thought you know Rupert's a big burly guy modern day pirate hippie I'm a tie-dye I love uh, the Grateful Dead I love tie-dye and we're just we're friends and I never thought it was him against me and interesting observation. And, and then, and then years later, Stephanie, it comes down. And again, this is what I'm taking away from tonight. That's just gonna make me have nightmares. It comes down between you and Savage, or Laura and 
Rupert and they get cast and you don't. I, I'm going to have nightmares over that. <laughs> I, I, it, it was it was a tough pill to swallow. You know, I, I was really excited, especially since I wanted to be on right from season one. So to have right. that opportunity was, um, it was exciting. I was ready. The girls were older. I'm like, we can completely 100% commit and 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 go out there and do this. Um, I don't. I wish that they had find found a scenario that maybe we could have all four been out there at the same time, because I think yeah. that would have been more interesting another than good one option. or the other, right? Yes, yeah. I mean, there's a that that's another good option. You might could look at that cast up and down the list and say, hey, yeah. We we shouldn't have had them. Let's slide let's slide Savage and Stephanie into that spot, and we get them, and we get Rupert and Laura. Right, right, and I I, I really think that that could have been just a a very interesting and crazy dynamic. Whether we would have gone head to head or aligned, um, I think it would have been a very fun season. Yes. And, uh, uh, Andrew, do you think um, if you two would have actually gotten to play together, do you think she would have balanced you out in a good way? Um, or do you think you would have been one of these guys that you were overly concerned with her, kind of like when Rob played with Amber and was threatening people, you can't vote for her, blah, blah, blah. How do you think you would have handled playing with her? I will tell you a couple things. Another great question, Jim. So Steph is the most amazing, tough, brilliant, beautiful, big-hearted woman I've ever met, and I don't Amen. say that lightly. We've been married 25 years. She can handle. She can handle her shit like you would not imagine. So uh, I. She's my soulmate, and she's my number one. So out there, yes, I would have been protective and she would have looked at me like back off dude you know i got this and i would take her signal I'm like yeah yeah you do in fact you're you're smarter and more physical and more athletic and stronger than me so i got you and we're gonna tag team this and we're gonna slice and dice and rupert and laura rupert god bless you i love you but my wife's gonna lop your head off so <laughs> And and same same question to you, Stephanie. If it would have happened, I, I know you've already answered like you know my wife would in in the in the Rupert situation. But forget the Rupert situation. You're out there playing. How big of an effect would it have had on you to be playing with your husband out there? Were you, I mean, I mean we saw, we, we all saw what Lauren, happened with Lauren Sierra. Um, could you have ever, I, I, don't, I don't even have to ask that. I know you wouldn't do it. But how big of an effect would it have had on your decision making and your alliances knowing your husband's over there on the other tribe? I mean, do you think about throwing it, you know, do you think about, Throwing a uh, challenge, um, if you think he's 
in good. I mean, there's so many things that could come into play. You know, um, I did think of that, especially even watching that season. And I think the disadvantage with a lot of those players is that they're kind of concerned and playing with the other one in mind, whereas Savage and I are independently strong that I know I can handle myself, he can handle his side. So ultimately, I think we're just two extremely strong independent players versus a couple that's trying to protect the other. So I think that would like actually that. make us stronger than the others. I like that. I like that. I, I do. I, I think, and I think that's the way to do it. Um, have confidence in yourself and have confidence in your partner. Um, I don't need to do anything but take care of my business. They're going to take care of their business. And we're going to have a nice feast when we both make merge, and then we're going to go do some damage. Exactly. And that, <laughs> I think that's the only way to do it. Because if you're concerned about someone else, then you're, you're playing less of a game, and you're a target. Right, right. Steve, did you have another question? Uh, no, I think I think uh, everything has been uh, has been covered. All right, Kim. What about you, Kim? You got a question? Yeah. So I don't know if this was asked earlier, because the because the topic was discussed. Um, but um, when it came to the uh, Morgan guys all getting naked in that first challenge, what was the logic <laughs> behind that? The logic, uh, there was not yeah. a lot of logic, but I would tell you, Austin was losing two pounds a day, and his boxes, Abercrombie and Fitch boxes, were slipping down. I felt badly for him, so I said, dude, you're in my alliance. Uh, I don't want you to be the only idiot naked in, in the jungle in a physical challenge. Me, Rhino, uh, and you will, you just give me the signal. If your boxes are falling down, we'll get naked, too. In a sign of solidarity. So I would tell you this. Here's a fun, not really fun, but here's a story. So we did that. The tribal, because we lost, right? Remember we lost? Yeah, yeah after getting right. naked. So that's not a good thing. So we get the tribal. Be Mark Burnett. Mark Burnett literally walks up to me. And he's six inches from my face. And he said, Savage. So that was uh, really good for television. Very memorable. Fans will love it. And then he got within three inches of my face, and he said, don't ever fucking do that again. Roger that. Trust me, we're not going to do that I think again. He was having, I think he was having Richard Hatch flashbacks. <laughs> well, uh, I think sure. we had better bodies than Richard Hatch, but I'm just... Well, yeah, I agree. I agree. Oh, yeah. Stephanie, did you take much ribbing? Did you take much kidding from your girlfriends, from your family? Uh, your your husband just got naked last night on national TV. You know, um, my family and friends all know Savage, and 
he's just this kind of larger than life in our family and our friends. And I think, too, when he said the reason that he did it was because OT and that was the alliance, that was that was enough. Yeah. No. And, and and I would, you know, he could do it again. I have no problem. I may have him do it tonight. I'm just kidding. Well, but I'm I'm gonna I'm fixing to flip I'm gonna flip the script now. I'm gonna flip flip the script. Savage. What if that was you at home watching Ooh. Stephanie and she did that? So I've seen her do that a lot of times, and I'd be like, "Yes, Jeff, you you go, girl." She's honestly, honestly, I will tell you this. I will tell you this. You know, you don't know this, but she was Miss Bikini South Africa. Like she is stunning, top model in South Africa. Let me ask. Let me ask. I know. uh, I know what. I know what. Top law student in South Africa. So top law student. So she has brains and. Just and that, that's the thing. That's the thing I love about Stephanie. I mean, yeah, number one, she's a she's a total babe. I mean, if you don't believe me, go look her up. And they've got beautiful daughters. I mean, they've just got a beautiful family. But fortunately, they look when like you, when, uh, you look, when you look into when you look into her. This girl, she's smart. She's got a career. I mean, hundred percent. So, um, yeah, exactly, exactly. And I've used that. And here, I've used that same term with with my and wife. What I say, um, what I say about Steph is, she's uh, an amazing woman. She is her own person. She's super smart and gorgeous. And what she does, I support a thousand percent. I don't care what it is. I, I support yeah. her unconditionally. If she did that, I'll knock anybody out that disagrees with it. Amen. Amen, Amen brother. Amen. Amen. Let me ask you this. As a couple, as a couple, who cooks the most at the house? Oh, my. I do. <laughs> yeah. See? Oh, my, my God. We are mirrored couples. I cook another mother. <laughs> I cook every night. <laughs> uh, right on. Yeah, so that's a great cook. I cook. I cook most nights. I do the main. Steph does the uh, the sides, and we we do like three course meals, have some wine, and and we make uh, an event of it. Since pandemic, we got our God bless. We got a girls home, and it's a family right. affair, and we absolutely love it. Right. Stephanie, Stephanie, let me tell you this uh, about my wife. Remember one time I said, look, I'm taking you somewhere this year on vacation you had never been before. She got so excited. She was like, oh, my God, where are we going? Where are we going? I said, to the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not that bad. I'm like, like I said, I'll do the side stuff, yeah. Um, but he does all the grilling. Any meat, he takes care of. He takes care of the meat, and then I'll do the sides. But yeah, that's, that's I, 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 I love grilling. I, I love grilling. Um, but it, it's I mean, not even it's, just with food. 
even with, you know, since we got married, it's always been 50-50. Like, he's been 50-50 raising our girls. I mean, we're, we're completely, yeah, partners on everything. Yeah. Um, that, that's the way I, I, I mean, I do. I, and, and the thing with me is, you know, you know, I, I try to help out around the house as much as I can, and that's kind of my strength. That's what I'm good at and I like. So I don't mind that. You know, I, I'd rather be in there cooking, but for God's sake, don't make me try to do laundry because everybody's clothes would turn out really, really ugly. Okay, so, Jim, you and Savage are on the same page because I was out of town recently, and he had to ask the girls how to turn the washing machine on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, bro. She she just busted you. (laughs) I did. I did just bust him. A lawyer not knowing how to turn the washing machine on? (laughs) She's no handy. She she speaks the truth, and I I own that. (laughs) I know how to to turn it on. I just don't know how to match it, you know? (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, listen. Listen, we we appreciate you guys, and we will do it again. We will have you back, and we'll look at, at, at next season, our 41th cast, have some fun making some predictions. But you guys have been great. We appreciate you so much uh, being here tonight. You've been so honest and so open, and it has been a joy to have the both of you on here. Yeah, I just want to say, uh, Jim and the rest of the crew, amazing. Honestly, the best questions I've ever, I've ever had asked at me, and I love our friendship, and uh, we've had super fun, super amount of fun. Right. The, I agree. Just, you, you guys are best in class, and and Steph just wants to uh, say one last thing uh, before we part, and we will definitely uh, reconnect. All right. Hey, Jim. Um, I just wanted to share one thing, and I know we didn't touch on once survivors come back, you know. And one of the things I I just, I I know many of them experience this, but I just have to tell you a story. Um, So Savage comes back, and um, every meal we're sitting down, and he literally has his arm around his plate and is just shoveling the food in his mouth. And this happened for a good two to three weeks. Every meal was like that. And then we'd go to bed, and about two hours later, he'd go downstairs, he'd make a sandwich, and then around midnight, he'd go back downstairs and have a bowl of cereal. And like I said, this happened like three weeks, and I'm sure other survivors experienced this, and I, I just think fans may be interested in this because it really does create this crazy um, of uh, lack of food, right? So I let him go. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's so hard, hard getting back to to real life and and adjusting again. I can tell you that um, 
some, and I don't know, you know, maybe this happened with male players too, Andrew, I don't know, but uh, I know uh, two female players that when they returned from home, they had to start going to doctors about hair loss. Their, their hair was coming out oh, once yeah. they got back home. It's it's a very, very real thing. And, um, and well, Savage had liver failure when he came back. He had 3% liver failure. 30% liver failure, sorry. Um, but then, you know, after about three weeks of him acting this way, I was like, Savage, okay. So we would have dinner and then get to bed. And, and at 11 o'clock when he would say, I'm going down to make a sandwich, I'd say, stop. Do you really, are you really hungry? It's going to be there in the morning, right? Um, <laughs> it's it, 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 it's crazy the the experience that they go through and that PTSD is um, anyway. So I just wanted to share kind of a little post survivor uh, experience. But um, this is really wonderful. Good. I love being here and uh, and participating. And um, thank you for including me. And uh, I am so I glad. <laughs> I am so glad that you agreed to join in. Um, I knew you would have uh, great insight to this just from knowing you. And, I mean, I knew he would be great um, with his experience, but I really, really thought that you would have a whole lot, and you did. It was – you guys were great. I mean, you guys were great. We love you guys, and thank you so much, honestly, Jim, for reaching out including us. We've had a, a blast, and we'll do it again. And uh, yeah, your, your, do that. your crew of folks are amazing. Thank All you right, so much. And I'll, uh, you guys can if possible. I'll send those votes out to you guys probably tomorrow because after this I'm going to probably hit the sack like you guys are. But yeah. uh, thank you so much to, uh, to Andrew and Stephanie Savage for joining the podcast tonight. You guys were fantastic. I love you guys. Yeah. Have a good night. Yeah, okay, thanks, thanks a lot. Have a good night. night. Bye-bye, everybody. Good night. Bye, Andrew. And good night. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.